Roll film. Ah, Jeffrey. What's that you have in your hand, boy? Pass it over. A telegram. Oh dear. Seems someone has been biting me. Fetch me my trousers at once. No, not those. Those are my time travel trousers. Those are my tea trousers. That's it. Those ones. My fighting trousers. Yeah, yeah. Dear sir, regarding your recent foray into the rap business and the scene you portray, see, I don't normally approve of war games, but he's biting is what they all say. Good evening, listeners. Welcome to another Bacon Burgers podcast, fresh from giving Jerry a good old thrashing. We've got Chubby Cheese, Sneaky Cheese, Wild Blue Cheese, Commodore Cheese, and joining us tonight, Ginger Cheese, back from a deep strike mission to the nether regions of Tijuana. The boys are ready to go, so strap in, boil the brew, send the kids to bed, and let us caress your ear pussies. We are the Bacon Burgers! We're back! Oh yeah! Here we go. We have Here got... We go again. In accordance with the prophecy, he shall return upon the, upon the eve of CanCon. Garrett's back. I, I'm not entirely certain how this happened. We were just about to record, and this ginger nugget just slipped in. What year well, is it? Left the door open. Don't, don't even pretend like we invited you. <laughs> just someone left the fucking door open. He's like, I'll, I'll jump in on that I shit. Smelt cheese like a dirty rat, and I had you, to get on that, you know? You're all about it. You're like, is that Gouda? We're like, nah, fucking still not some shit. That stinky bishop. That's, that's where I roll. Stinky Bishop. Oh yeah, isn't that a, isn't that a sex move? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was, I was doing it with the missus last night. She let me do a Stinky Bishop. What is that? If you got to ask, mate. If you got to ask, it's just... when you go diagonal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Stinky Knight. That's the one that you need to be limber for. Only Russian gymnasts can do the Stinky Knight. All right. I, I so, just like to say this has got to be our new record for the quickest rabbit holing ever. Yes. That's not a rabbit hole. Thanks to me. <laughs> it's all Garrett. I mean, it's not a it's not a rabbit hole. It's just poor content. I mean, I mean, people will say content's content, but I, I don't agree at all. It's is there's good content and bad content, and we are with with the, we're below the bottom of the barrel. All right, we're the bacon burgers. We're back. Um, playing around with webcam now. I'm finally on a webcam, so the others can see. You guys can't see me. It's a, it's an audio medium. Only um, per month. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so this is back. interesting to start an OnlyFans account. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. Nobody, nobody wants to see my OnlyFans account. It's a lot of me sitting around. It's a lot of me sitting around painting my deck. I'm going to paint my deck, Dunkle Gelb and Desert Yellow. <laughs> oh, stop. You're making me hot under the collar. <laughs> hot and stinky. <laughs> All right. We're going to do the quick roundup. Hobby, uh, Rubes, what have you been doing? Um, I've actually been getting a lot of building done. Not so much building. Do I, do I, need, do I need to get the stop clock out? No, no, no. I have right. actually done a lot of 3D printing of late. Um, mm-hmm. actually trying to catch up on the backlog of all the projects I have printed and yet not put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been gluing lots of buildings. Um, the missus got me into Silicon Valley, so most nights I've been sitting watching a couple episodes. And okay. I have been assembling miniatures like there's no tomorrow. Trying Good to, to hear. Backlog of boxes. Anything bolt action related that is uh, of, of note or interest? Um, put together some um, War Games Atlantic Italians. Oh, oh God! Oh, yeah. you yeah. love but, it. Uh, that came with uh, one of the Kickstarters I backed um, for uh, uh, 
Valhalla um, Games put out a book, Primsoul Bridge, um, for the Italian campaign, which is a mm. uh, really nicely put together campaign book. Um, yeah, that looks really nice. I, I've yeah. I've had a look through the uh, the previews of that. It looks yeah. uh, looks pretty sharp. Very shared. nice. Came with the Sprue of War Games Atlantic uh, Italian, so. And I've got to ask about that sprue. Has it got all the options like the French one does? Yes, yes. Alpini, Bersaglieri, and uh, regular army. So I can I can actually go partial on the record. I'm not going to give away too much, but I'm going to say to anybody out there in in uh, Bolt Action Land, keep your eye on War Games Atlantic um, mm-hmm. in the next six months because they are mm-hmm. um, expanding their range out. Um, I've been privy enough to hear about some of the stuff they got coming up, and uh, I've been walking around like a tripod ever since. So I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with that visual. I feel they're the Rubicon of infantry kits. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Come that on. is yeah. that is beyond accurate. That is really yeah, on and point. Look, and, like, and where the do. fuck have you been the last three years? Why haven't you been on the cast? Like I've been getting a new perspective. You know, been getting new trousers. But the thing I like about War Games Atlantic is they don't give you a case of blue balls for two years before dropping a kit. It's here's a teaser, here's the kit a month later. They they, they don't drop deuces, they drop kits, which is nice. Mm. Right, so. Even outside of uh, 40k land, I mean, they've got some really cool shit in in, in other too. Like, I mean, the the Ray Harryhausen skeleton warriors are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. You you want. some kind of super duper Imperial Guard stuff for your 40k stuff. There's the um, French Imperial Guard with laser guns in space, and uh, and they've got the German Falschmjäger. They've now brought yeah. out um, a Martin British kit that Italians, commandos, uh, French, uh, French partisans. I don't think they've got yep. the Falschmjäger, do they? No, for sci-fi, oh, they've got the Realmjäger. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah, just dropped right. their British Bulldog kit, which is basically yeah. colonial Brits in space. Yeah, eighteen um, seventies Brits in space. Mm. Yeah, um, they've got the new Katachan Vietnam vet dudes coming as well. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, got the boy. Off to outer air, outer space. War games are landing. Updating GW ranges before GW even thinks of updating them. Yeah, they got the Australian standings one with the big fur caps. The old bearskins. Yep. Hi, Joe. Yeah. They're going to take on the aliens. I've got to be honest. I'd rather stick my dick in a beehive than go up there and face them. <laughs> Sneaky, what are you doing? Oh, hang on. I was just going to say, with, sorry oh. to interrupt, with just the, with the Warlord, it'd be nice to see a uh, weapons support kit for each army as well. So you get it, your uh, machine mortar. gun, you get your mortar, yeah. you get your sniper flamethrower. So, so, hang on, Garrett. What so that vein, then Warlord would do a Soviet artillery range. Because let's be yeah. honest, we've been waiting for a while. Yeah, do you know what would be really good to see from Warlord? It's like a, a version 3. Just just throwing it out there. I mean, just, Hopes and dreams. If we're just wishing for shit, that's not going to happen. I just, yeah, I'm, just keep the international group out of it. Oh, yeah. All right, sorry, Rubes. Sorry, no, not Rubes. No. JL. JL, what do you mean? Not much. I mean, we, we, will, we will come down to uh, a little bit later on in the cast about what I've been doing, uh, which largely involves... Um, and packing shit up and putting it in boxes and moving it around. Uh, so um, I haven't even unpacked uh, all of my painting setup yet. Uh, so uh, very, very quiet times on the hobby front. Okay. I feel I owe you an apology. I offered, to help, I, I offered to help you move and then you rang me and my answer was, I've, I've got pneumonia. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, 
the, yeah. the one time you fucking called me to say, hey, listen, oh, you so give me a chop out. I was just like, can't do it. Stuck at home. Got well, pneumonia. We, we got it sorted out. Um, there will be some stuff uh, maybe to get because now I have a garage. So we have Ooh. a perspective for uh, the uh, potential rather for garage games coming up in the summer. There we yeah. go. Now you're talking. Now you're talking my language. To, you need to, to uh, just go down to the uh, hardware shop and pick up a big uh, six by four uh, table. Yep, sheet of uh, sheet of MDF or some sheet yellow of, tongue or yeah, something. Sort that yeah. out. That's right. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll be Right, Harry, go. What have you been doing? Um, not a whole lot. I've had rhinosinusitis. Other than your girlfriend. So <laughs> throw that in. Yeah. Um, He's got a new day. girlfriend. He's got a girlfriend finally. This is great. It's good news. Yeah, it's and I, you know, he's, he's because he's a because he's a man who's engaging in a new relationship. I imagine that coitus is often and vigorous. So, congrats. Well done. Wait, back up. I don't know what rhinosinusitis. Basically, imagine a sinus infection cranked up to eleven, and it does not stop coming out your nose. It's fucking horrendous. I do and not recommend. That's not where it's and supposed to go. Yeah, and. I'm watching Tristan in the webcam and just it's a good thing this is an audio medium, not a visual. No, I think we gotta go we gotta we gotta go we gotta go full full ball with this one. Yeah, mate, we'll set up a bacon burgers YouTube channel and get demonetized in the first five seconds of our first upload. Yeah. We'll do yep. it like a channel preview and it yep. will be demonetized instantly. Aside from that, um I've been doing a bit of work on the Gebs and a bit of reading as well. Um Three books have arrived from Book Depository, uh, from the Realm of the Dying Sun. Oh, it's an account, that, yeah, yeah, an account of the Fourth SS Panzer Corps in the last two years of the war, and I thoroughly recommend getting them. Yeah, fantastic that, read. That got rave reviews. Is that yeah. uh, Leaping Horse Press that put that out? So, um, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. The books are in the room. It's probably something we can check in a break. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the detail in those books is phenomenal. Like, so I, I, I'm on like the uh, the Eastern Front Research Group uh, mm-hmm. Facebook thing, and, and they, those those books got a lot of hype in their. their yeah, I can see why. I'm only about three chapters through, but already just the level of detail and the what's the word I'm looking for? The consistency of word. just the objective views, absolutely incredible. So what's the perspective? What are we looking at? Is this an Osprey book, like a, a, a visual history or? Uh, no, this is a thick, they're three hardbacks. Um, they'd probably be about a little bit bigger than a Stackpole military history book. Um, t- the first book is easily twice as thick as the Operation Mercury book. And it's basically a from start to finish account of the formation of the core the commanders involved, the units involved, the unit histories, and then the battles they fought. So if you're interested in anything that's going on in Eastern Europe, I recommend getting those books. They're brilliant. Can we just take a moment just to realise that Rubes is trying to set fire to his shoes right now? Oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah, let him go. How are you doing? Cheating on my polishing. um, Nothing wrong with that. We will be in there, mate. Bit of lighter, and then uh, spit polish after you've uh, kind of. Oh yeah, they will be. I always used to cheat. The I'll tell you how I used to cheat uh, when I was in cadets is I polish them, and then as soon as I put all the you know scrub all the um, boot polish on all the rest of it, I then go and get like a buffer pad and a power drill, and let me tell you, uh, they will like there's like mirrors 
for like for, for like no effort. It's amazing. Yeah, but not to All mention, right. you're not going to have a pair of shoes left in a week. You're just going to buzz through <laughs> I them. Did actually, I did actually put a burn mark on one of them. I was I was really trying to go for this, like get this and yeah, I put a burn mark on one of my boots, but luckily I was able to hide it. Um, oh, that sorry. Kind of school I went to that. That was the uh, third former's job. <laughs> it's one of those roll dial style boarding schools. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I actually I read that book a little while shit. ago, and I I couldn't believe it. They actually um they used it's a it's a he uses a word for one like you know that um like the prefects use Bagging. they use a what's that bagging. Yeah, well, it's it's a derogatory word for a homosexual, and I couldn't believe that that was an actual word. And then, um, yeah, I was reading um, a, a series of Roald Dahl short stories, and um, yeah, he actually is very, very liberal with the word slut in there. And I was just like, holy Jesus Christ. Uh, well, that, that, used, that used to be a word for a, a charwoman, or like a, a, you know, a domestic servant, sort of. Oh. Yeah, this that, that, I don't That's I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, that word came up, and I'm like, Lex, I cannot read this to you anymore. Probably not until you're quite a bit older. And um, yeah, we put that away. Anyway, uh, I'm not pursuing that rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, this was, yeah. this was if you've read the Flashman books, um, the original story of that of, of uh, rugby school in the 1840s. Mm. That kind of stuff persisted in. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I never had it when I was growing up. But um, yeah. Anyway, Ari, anything else that you've uh, anything else to report? Not a whole hell of a lot, aside from getting things going for Operation Armor, which is coming and... up Armor Fest weekend, a thousand points, and it's going to be one hell of a weekend. Garrett, next year, you and me. Yeah, man, I got to see these these beasts in the uh, in the steel. As it were, I, I think I think it's next year the closest I think be... I've ever come to a religious experience. I'll tell <laughs> I you that. Say, closest it... you've ever come. <laughs> the closest you've ever come to having an orgasm without touching yourself. <laughs> Ari, what are you doing? No, Don't no. come near me! Don't come near me! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was a uh, another Why member of the community who shall remain nameless. That experience up there. Eepers. Like um, Garrett, right, Garrett. Tank platoons only. Is it, Ari? Hey, armored platoons only. No. Infantry. You're missing the point. What's going on? Yeah, I hate Tank Wars events. They are pretty boring. I refuse to run them out of principle. Mm. I'd rather uh, shove also, if you, if you allow, if, if you allow, yeah, look good, Rubes. Whoa. Whoa. I can see my face That's in like, those like shiny shoes. It's like something out of the Matrix. Finally, something blacker than my sense of humor. I thought you were going to go in a different direction there, and I was coming. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> oh, I did not know what to do. I was like, "Oh, we're done. That's the Bacon Burger podcast." Oh, yeah, thanks for joining That's us. Forever. <laughs> no, no. We were just uh, we're we're out of here. Um, now, Garrett, it has been how long has it been since you've been on the cast? I think the last cast that you and I did together was the V two review episode that we did in my dad's kitchen with yes. Rob. Yes, yes, good that four was... years ago, maybe. Right. So, I mean, typically, I mean. You should have had some hobby that you've done between now. I mean, you've painted an army for one, played some games, uh, you've been to a couple of events. Uh, so you actually do have some hobby shit to talk about. I'm very proud Ooh. of you. It, thank good. you very much. You've inspired me, um, Tris. It's been a productive couple of months. Because winter's great I for I apologize that. to everybody out there. I apologize to me. If I, if I inspired him to do anything, I apologize. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been great. Yeah, the, uh, the French have been inspiring me. I've gone for an interwar French force with uh, 
Napoleonic cavalry, oh, yeah. and, and they're just so much fun to paint. You actually get to use like a color palette, not just mm. drab colors. So that's been yep. nice. I'm sick of doing buttons though. Oh my god. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, the old uh, Atlantic War Games French boxes, just beautiful. Love them. Details um, and three D printing stuff. Got the old Char Two C on the works. Oh, good lord! It's going to take you like a week to print that thing. Well, I've had to take it into Blender and cut it in half so it will fit. Yeah. The six and a half inch model with a six inch move. You're printing it in resin or uh, FDM? Yep. Yeah, resin. Oh, ooh, better drain that son of a bitch because that's <laughs> a lot of fucking resin in that. That's why he doesn't have to pay for it. No, this I'm outsourcing. Is, yeah, this is Gary. Is hang on, is this a school thing? You're doing it through school? No, it's not, it's not a school thing. Okay, right. No, a friend. <laughs> how... how <laughs> I was I was foolish to even suggest that. Of, of course, course, of no, course. Never, Everything's never, a ever, ever. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So yeah, in the time that you've in the time that you uh, you and I, you, you and I recorded last, I mean, you've moved into a new house. Yes. You've oh, is this a segue coming up? No. No, 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 not at all. I'm just I'm saying you've um, you've moved into a new house. Um, you have you gotten engaged? Mm. I tried to get married a couple of times, but that's coronavirus mm. kind of no. just uh, rumbled you. Indeed, um, indeed. Got a dog. Yes. I think I've replaced all the fucking plumbing in your fucking house. Yes. Um, some of it, it feels like I've done it twice, but, and you've got a really cool little hobby cave set up now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on that. Like, um, JL just said he's got a garage and it's such a nice thing to have that space that you can just deck out as yours. Preach. I know. Preach I know. Bed. You're just sitting in your little hobby yep. cave there as well. Yep. It's, in fact, looking at all your backgrounds there, except for uh, poor Hari, we've all got just a really nice space. Oh, oh shit. Ooh. I take that back. That's some color. Jesus Christ, that's some real color you got in there, man. What, is, I know. what the fuck is that? I know. It's a storage unit I got from Officeworks. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were beading again. Yeah. Oh, fuck no. No, I actually, I started going through my bits box and dividing all my German sprues because I just obsessively kitbash Germans. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's easy it, to keep track yeah. of them now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, my, my thing with, with I, that... I don't know like, what you mean. <laughs> uh, my, my thing playing at home. With, with that was that um, I, I got a new job mm. and uh, I mostly mm. work from home now. Uh, so when we moved, part of the thing was uh, keep all my shit from overflowing into the rest of the house. So this, this is my office, which is really all of the books that used to be everywhere through the house. Your uh, place was like some sort of weird Victorian library. It was amazing. Yeah, well, imagine that compressed into a uh, small bedroom. Now it's pretty much wall to wall. But I have set up the, uh, the painting gear in here because uh, I'm a little bit cagey uh, about having my paints outside uh, because of the cold. Well, the cold and the heat, I yeah. guess, the, the temperature. No, that's winter. Yeah, dude, currently it's like four degrees down where I am. And, like, I have to turn my heater on and then walk away and go and eat dinner. And then by the time I come back, my paints are actually warm enough to start using. Yeah, and we, we had the opposite problem in the last place. Uh, remember how hot it used to get up there? Oh, no, I don't remember at all. I don't remember nearly passing out in your fucking yeah. study a bunch of times. Yeah, that yeah, was... yeah. That was great. Um, so it's we're, we're on the on the, on the the ground floor. Now, mm. stand. everything's inside but as as i get all of our 
storage boxes out of the the garage i will set up the the 3d printers out there uh but they will probably have to be put in some kind of i swear it's not a uh, hydro grow uh, <laughs> station kind of insulation. it's all right it's, it's it's all right mate if they if they do some sort of infrared thing on your on your house they won't assume you're growing weed anymore they just think you're mining bitcoin in the way it goes these days rubes that's you'd have a you'd have a bit of insight into that is it weed or bitcoin that the kids are after these days well, not Bitcoin because that crashed, that tanked. Uh, Doge, Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm reliably told Sneaky though, coin. that this inflation coin. The the price of buying a unit of of contraband is about the same as it was in the year 2000. It can't be profitable to sell that. <laughs> yeah, so Rube's like, ha, ha 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 ha. Where, where, where? So where? I'm told. Right? <laughs> so it's. <laughs> Um, all right, me, I'll run through this quickly. The DAC are uh, coming along. I've got two events to go to. I've got one in the weekend. I think Brad's running an event, which is dropping a bolt action. Garrett and I are going to that. Sneaky, you're going to that as well, aren't you? Uh, when is this? That's the one before in September. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought yeah. you said this weekend. Like, no, 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 no. It's no, like no. Brad's. I think it's yes, 900. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to that definitely. Nine, nine hundred eleven points. Um, yeah, I was all. I was charged along quite nicely because I'm off to the Juggernauts event uh, when I'm over in the UK, and I was painting eight hundred points of DAC, and I'm like, yep, I've got my five small squads, my LT, I've got my sniper, mortar, ATR, two trucks, and a triple two, all for like seven nine nine points, and I'm like, yeah, all good. And then Brad threw a spanner in the works, decided he was going to run an event the weekend before I was leaving. And I'm like, I really want to go to that. And that was 911 points. So I had to find like another 111 points. So I've changed the triple two out for a martyr, moved some things around. And yeah, everything's kind of coming together quite nicely. So painting all well, that. Yeah. On, on that uh, subject, actually, I, I haven't completely abandoned doing hobby stuff because for oh. that, that thing, I'm aiming to get my desert rats finished um, i'm looking forward to seeing how they look when you do that because i've got to be honest that's i'm i've only ever seen you do kind of like european style army so seeing you do something that's based in the desert is going to be dead interesting yeah yeah so i've i've i'm hoping to get that finished although uh, i've just sort of accepted uh another commission job i remember that big uh 1940 german army that i did uh 18 months ago or something it's the second half of that, so it's all oh, wow. Jaeger, Pioneers, and Motorcycle. That's, that's everything that Garrett loves. Brad Schutzen, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, Desert okay. Rats, what are you thinking about for the basing? Uh, well, what, I, what I've done for the basing is um, I, I have a great big ice cream container full of different grades of sand. That, mm. uh, nice. Mm. I've got so it's a mixture of uh, really fine builder's sand and then different can things I, that I've can, used can I stop you there? Can I stop you there? It's a really nice mix of St Kilda sand, Elwood sand. Uh, <laughs> we're going, you yeah. could literally just gone for a walk along the <laughs> beach with your sneaky syringes, syringes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some used tampons, you know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some wet wipes. There's a turd yeah. in there, yeah, it's uh, hard cover. That's that's why a turd, it's hard cover. It's it's a bunch of stuff that I, I was growing the cactuses in, really. Uh just drainage sand and uh yeah. whatnot. Uh, yeah. but that that's, that seems to have worked worked out quite quite nice and just some little little tufts and stones and stuff on there. 
oh my god, I'm drowning in tufts at the moment. I've got, I think, three different brands of tufts that I'm using for my DAC. Um, yeah, but that's because you've been making your own. You've just been trimming bits off your beard and sticking them into the air. Good look, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't even see where I've... Yeah, you can't even see where I've... I've See, Rubes, I mean, Rubes could paint a Russian army and, like, use his fucking facial hair. Sneaky and I are roughly kind of like, you know, he's a little bit darker than me. Hari, I don't know, like a burnt fucking grassland somewhere. And Garrett. Hey, someone's going to make uh, destroyed tank markers somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you use your pubes for, isn't it? It's like wispy and shit. That's why I got none left. Well, it's like baby smooth down there. <laughs> 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 Jesus. He's just dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's gone. He's gone. He's out. Ladies Somehow and gentlemen. I managed to like, run out of tufts completely. From, <laughs> from doing, doing all of these um, uh, Stargrave uh, figures. Oh, yeah. Each, each one is a, a lot more kind of individual than they would be in a, a yeah. bolt action army so there, there's a lot more kind of attention going into the basing but it just blew through all of my my basing materials it does that if you get a if you get an army that you're passionate about like i'm using i'm currently using lead bear tufts i'm using gamers grass and there's some other shit that i use that i got ages and ages ago um but yeah between that um the gamers grass stuff has got a really good range and house of war are well stocked up at the moment so yeah yeah i, I like that stuff um uh, it's it's irritating actually. There there is a um, mind games just around the corner from my my work in Hawthorne. Yeah, but it's all board games. Like yep. they have one little yeah. kind of tiny little corner, and it's all GW stuff. And uh, so yeah, you can't even. I walked in there thinking, oh great, they'll have the Vallejo paints at least. Surely no, no, nothing. All right, I'm gonna. I feel that this is about to fucking get away from us, so I'm going to kick yeah. it in the nuts and kill it. Um, right, so we're going to give a quick um, update. Hari and myself are going to give a quick, uh, quick update on CanCon. Um, things are progressing well. Uh, players pack we are mm. hoping to have out. Uh, but hopefully by the time this episode drops, it should be released. It's currently, yeah. it's currently with our um, graphic designer extraordinaire, um, um, Ant, from the, he's from the Juggernaut JR Gaming Club. He's currently doing all the design work for us. Um, it is on the way. Um, we can go on the record right now and basically say that we're doing five games. It's going to be twelve fifty. Um, I think this is all stuff that we've already announced. Um, but what we are going to do, Hari and I, um, Gar and I were having a chat about um, missions a while ago, and I wasn't. I was being pretty cagey with them because I didn't want to give away too much because I didn't want to afford him any kind of advantage. But Garrett did. Po I did say to Garrett that we would be using some Bolt Action Alliance missions, and Garrett did point out that. Oh shit! It goes my fucking camera. Um, Garrett did point out that we. Um, some people haven't actually played those, and if we go and say we're keeping the mission secret right up until the day off CanCon, um, we're going to see a lot of games that just slow to a, slow to a halt mm. because people are trying to learn how to play a mission. It's also going to afford an enormous advantage to to anybody you know, say from the Melbourne scene who might have played those you know more than others. So. Game one, Hari, what are we playing? Heartbreak Ridge. Heartbreak Ridge. Now, that's a classic. Um, that's a Brad, uh, an old man Morin mission. Um, we've been playing that one for years. It's three objectives diagonally across the board. The objective that goes into your deployment zone means nothing. The one in the middle means one point, and your the one in your opponent means three points to you. It's a great mission. Uh, you generally don't really get draws with it. Um cracking really enjoying that so uh yeah enjoy so if you can 
what we'll do is we'll probably try and post a link to, the, to these missions um, in the coming days so you can start getting your heads around them. Uh, Hari, mission two? Mission two is sectors. So, everyone has quarters. Yeah. yeah. So, that's a, that's a rule book mission. Most people play sectors. It's a cracking mission. We all enjoy that one. Three. The next uh, mission three is nuts. Nuts. Uh, that's old school. I believe that's five objectives. That's another old man Mora mission. Um, so, get your head around that one. That's another really good one. Um, it's very sort of fast paced. The, the action happens quite quickly on that one. Um, so yeah, again, we'll put a link up to this one in the, uh, on the, um, I don't know, put it up somewhere, we'll find somewhere to put yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah, That's day one. So get your head around that day one, three missions. You got a rule book mission and two bolt action Alliance missions. Um, we're expecting to sort of see, you know, the chalk and the cheese, um, you know, the sharp end of the stick as it were by the end of that day. Um, day two coming into it. What do we got? Supply drop. Another new, uh, another new bolt Alliance yeah. mission. And Tristan, you've played this one, haven't you? Gar and I have actually played it a couple of times. Um, I've played it. I think Sneaky and I have played it, haven't we? Didn't we play that one for Conquest? Yeah, we uh, No, it wasn't that one, but we did both play it because uh, uh, it was the mission before the one that we played against each other. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. I do, it's I a really like good one. one. So it's, it's, like, it's like Kitty Hawk Down and Heartbreak Ridge had a child. Um, it's another Brad mission, and um, Kitty, Kitty Hawk Down Syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all for the bacon burgers. Good night. Um, so yeah, um, this is another Brad mission. Um, if you know, if 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 anybody knows anything about Brad, that man can write a fucking mission. This is another really good one. Uh, very enjoyable. Basically, start of the game, no objectives on, and then start of turn four, one in the center, and you roll some dice, figure out where it is, and then you end up with two objectives. And again, um, worth. I think the one in your deployment zone is not worth shit, whereas the other one's actually worth a bit more. So, you know, you got to decide, you know, how you're going to deploy your forces so that you know as soon as those objectives drop. Um, you're missing yeah. the, the nice bit, though, mate. Is that you use an order die and the directional yeah. arrow on that to determine yeah. the angle of where the objective is. Yeah, will 100%. Go. So yeah. that's quite interesting. Yeah, and I think it's 3d6 plus 9. I could be getting that wrong, but again, we'll put a link up, and yeah, it's it's random. It's very random, but it's not like Kitty Hawk Down was a really cool mission, but the pain in the ass was that I know that Pete, were, Pete West ran Kitty Hawk Down at either a CanCon or I think it was a WinterCon, actually. Um, it was one that you, uh, you, Rob, and I went up to, Garrett, where um, and Pete made like a plane for every single table. So at the start of turn four, you plot this plane down. I think Andrew, I think Andrew Brownrig and I played, and we had like a down Spitfire or some shit. But um, this, there's no big explosion. There's no bullshit that happens. It's literally just start of turn four. These objectives come. The C-47's gone over, or the Junkers, or whatever it is. Drop these supplies. You got to get on them quick. So you've got that one. The one in the middle is a fixed point. The other two are random. So you've got to figure out how you're going to sort of deploy your forces, marshal them, keep them alive enough so you've still got enough shit on the board. Um, in my opinion, it is quite possibly the best mission that Brad's ever written. I think it's fucking dynamic and I love it. And like more power to the guy. I want him to keep writing missions like this because they're interesting and they sort of they challenge the way that you play. Um yeah, and you get you can get you can be rewarded for being very aggressive. You can also get your your shit shoved up. So, um, looking forward to that. Game five, we are playing. Game five, we're still tossing up between either media engagement or no man's land. 
right, so uh, that will be finalised. Yeah, essentially what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that game one to four, you're playing objective missions. Now, objective missions, everybody knows that by the time you finish playing three or four of those, that your brain's running out of your nose, yeah. you feel like shit, you, just, you can barely stand up. Um, we wanted the fifth mission to be nice and easy, just go out and just fuck the other guy up. So um, the idea is just to get out there and just just go. There's you know not a lot of there's not a lot of nuance that goes into kill point missions. It's just take more dice off the other guy. So normally what people normally do is they say right mission one we're going to do that. We flipped it around. We're doing that as a last game as a favor to our players because we know that people are going to be fried. Yeah. By the time you get to round five of a two day event, you are oh, tired. Yeah. You are no, mentally exactly. drained and yep. you're a bit scratchy as well. So yeah. Yep. A knockdown fight where there's no objectives sort of snagging things up. There's no ambiguity as to what's scoring and what isn't. Yep. Is it dead? Cool. Is it not? Okay. Simple. Look, there's, there's a huge amount to recommend about that because the uh, obviously the tiredness factor is a, is a really big thing. And yeah. uh, you know, playing that two-day one that we did at Easter really brought back to me, wow, that is a, an endurance test, particularly yep. as... Uh, as we get a bit older, um, the other one to that I think has has a lot to recommend it about that is, you know, if you're getting down to the pointy end, the the uh, p- potential for argument, yeah, you know, because you you are potentially dealing with are you getting a podium finish or not, uh, it's better to do it just on its on its own terms rather than arguing about the mission. Yeah. Mm, absolutely if it's if it's a mission that you're not familiar with with playing yeah and i would encourage all of our all of our potential players and i hope there's a lot out there like we are we have uh just a carnival of just rare delights in store for our players like we are really pulling out all the stops we're, we're you know we're tapping people on the shoulder we're trying to make sure that if you come to this event we really want people to come and play that you are you are kind of coming to something and you're going to walk away from something i think Jesus, that was that was amazing. Uh, like, can we just can we have one of them every year? And the answer will be yes. Like, the going forward, what we're hoping for is that we can get a roster of maybe five or six of us, and that we just take it in turns to run this thing. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. And we are, like I said, we are we are doing everything we can to make sure that this is you know as successful as we can possibly make it. So we're locked in. We're doing it. And um, yeah, we've got all kinds of all kinds of shit happening. Um, well, I'll tell you, right, just one sec. I was just going to say, it sounds like the two of you um, have really thought about your missions a lot because there's nothing worse than by turn two it's over because of the mission parameters itself, yeah. um, like your demolition and your um, uh, your manhunt point, point defense, defense. Yeah, yeah. surrounded all yeah. that sort of shit. Like we wanted to stay away from um, yeah games that were yeah like are over quite quickly. Envelopment is one of those. Like if you get the right list on the right table with envelopment, I mean, Toe from the Juggernauts will quite happily say to you. Um, you know that that you know you can have that done and dusted by turn two, and it's it's really full on. Um, there's yeah, we we also wanted to stay away from um missions that you know sort of favor draws. Point defense is a great mission, but it's very draw heavy. Like it's it's you know if you as the defender, you've got your three objectives, and you you almost know. All right, I just need to sacrifice that one over there. Hunker down on here. And I can get a win out of this. And if the attacker is clever, like the, the 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 parameters for pulling a win on that are very fucking difficult. So we're just like, you know what, sod it. 
we're just gonna we're just gonna do this instead um and that's why we've gone more for the bolt action alliance missions uh you know no no shit being slung at anybody who's written the rulebook missions but some of them are just they're not um ideal for competitive play and for whatever reason uh brad's missions are much better for competitive play they're fucking great so we're gonna do that okay fantastic you always have to have the sense that there are so many variables in play right so you've got the two different armies and two armies drawn out of a bag in a swiss draw you're going to get some that are just rock paper scissors against Mm. each other Mm. then you add the table and there there will be elements of that that will complicate it and then you add the mission so um it's a case of making sure that uh you know the mission isn't getting in the way of um, yeah so people haven't lost before they pull their army yeah out. i yeah i i, I see i i see exactly where you're going with that and that's why you know if you look at i mean a great example is so like my lrdg list um playing envelopment is almost it it's a joke if I get on a table with a road, forget about it. Like, there's no way you're going to win that. There's there's other missions where you just you, you know by turn two, turn three, it's like there's I can't turn this around. I'm you know this is just my opponent has and um we're gonna we're we're really trying hard um to create tables and um you know put terrain on there that actually encourages people to maybe take risks, but doesn't also hand you know a, a really clear advantage to any one player. And I've played on those boards where you'd roll your dice and you think, oh, Jesus, I get to choose. I'm going to choose that side because, Jesus, mm-hmm. look at all that. It's, you know, I get all this and the other guy gets fuck all. The we Stalingrad want Stalingrad table. See, the Stalingrad, so everyone, everyone always mentions that. And I, tried to, I, I actually went to Mike Parker to try and get that out. But, I mean, the Victorian, the Victorian bolt action community, prepare to rejoice. I can be the first one to tell you that um, all of those Stalingrad boards no longer exist. Um, Mike actually, I think there was an issue and Mike had to throw them all out. Um, we are them work- to the gods. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they've been sacrificed to the EF <laughs> yeah. gods. Um, oh, okay. It's 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 a great table for scenario games, but it's not oh, a good one for open play. Of course it is. I mean, it's yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I, but I mean, we're going to get into this in a little bit. But I feel that a lot of those problems can be negated if you have um a pre-game conversation with your opponent if you turn around and say well the whole thing's going to be hard cover and the whole thing's going to be rough ground and yada 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 yeah you know what you're gonna have a slow fucking game and that's on you if you say listen let's play this like this and this is all open ground and you know that you know blah 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 blah. well yeah your game's going to go fantastic but it all comes down to how you want to play it with your opponent and not being a dick about it if you're you know playing an attacker defender and you're like all right you know he's got you know, 150 bamboo spear fighters, and I don't want them coming across the board. Oh, I'll just make him play this terrain as fucking rough. Well, sorry, cuz you've kind of been a bit of a dick there. And you know, if there's going to be some back and forth, like Hari and I are fully expecting to have to, you know, answer some, you know, maybe some tough questions when we get to CanCon. We are. That's what TO. That's part of being a TO. Well, but speaking I'll tell you of which, what, yeah, Hari, um, you've done, you're controlling every variable you can, right? You're you're making the yeah. missions as even as you can. You're making the tables as even as you can. How, are you going to go so far as to dictate what this, the terrain type should be classified as? Leave a little note on a table. No. That, nope. look, we're punting for at least 100 players. So we're looking at somewhere between 50 to 60 tables. Now, to sit down and go through every single table and to try and account for every potential interpretation of what terrain piece XYZ would be, while I can see... 
in a small event where a TO might be inclined to do that, it's not something we have the luxury of. Um, it's certainly not something that I would commit to for an event of that size. And it's certainly not a level of insanity I would like to entertain. Um, I'd like to think my grip on reality is a little bit stronger than that. Uh, but You jest. Surely you jest. Yeah, I just said that. Um, yeah. I guess, um, I guess one, one th- and, and we, we'll probably come back into this in, in our little section about game etiquette, but uh, perhaps a, a suggested checklist of questions to ask your opponent before you start playing. What, That's what not a terrible this, idea. Yeah, what I is like that. Ter- what is this terrain? Um, yeah, there's, if you're an experienced player of any war game system, probably you get used to doing that. You say, before we start, let's shake hands and let's agree, Is this ri- how deep is this river? Mm. How swampy mm. is this swamp? How, how such That's not a terrible that? idea. That's, yeah. I, I actually little, I don't little, hate that at all. That's little, brilliant. Little pamphlet saying, we don't, we don't insist, but we suggest mm. agree mm. on these things before you start because we don't want to be coming around as TOs um, mediating these these yeah. arguments that could have been solved. Well, you can quite literally do that up as a template, do it as a table, yeah. print it yeah, out, like, pick a sheet, yeah. and there you go. Yeah. Well, I think the That's idea that Hari, the, the idea that Hari and I have is essentially, what did we say it was going to be Thursday setting up tables or Friday? Maybe Friday. But yeah. we're going to set the tables up, and then after they're all set up and good to go, We'll then go from table to table, and then to have a discussion. It's like, all right, if you won the dice roll, what what side would you choose and why? Mm. If there's and a clear point, winner as to which side you would yep. choose, yep. we then rearrange the terrain. Yep. The idea is to make it like I, I don't want to go to the level of um, you know of um, equality that leads you down the path where all of a sudden every single table is just a flat surface with some some fucking polystyrene on it. Uh, we we ain't we ain't playing that game, son. Uh, what we are going to do though is we're going to make sure that every, like we want every table to be an absolute scorcher. Uh, we're currently in talks with a lot of people. Um, we're, we're actually well, look. I'll say it now. We want terrain. Um, if you guys out there are listening and you have terrain and you're coming to CanCon, get in contact with us because we're gonna, like we will need it. We will need. We need so much terrain. Like I'm yeah. building, I'm trying to get my DAC done so I can start painting terrain, but I'm, I've got at least four months of terrain building ahead of me. I'm looking forward to it. I've got, Rubes and I have been like threatening to call each other for ages to sort out um, uh, terrain for um, a foy board that I want to do. I want to get Sneaky doing some stuff. Hari's got some leads. Um, yeah, like there's all kinds of shit that we need to get sorted. Garrett's building a fucking table that I'm thrilled about because it looks amazing. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, seriously, that Maginot line table, I cannot wait to see what you come up with. I just have to play on it, that's all. What's that? Yeah, no, I mean, no, no, you won't. No, 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 because I know what you're like. Bunkers, baby. Bunkers. I want to get him a bunker. Oh, yeah, a bacon bunker. The bacon bunker. The bacon bunker. Everyone loves a bacon bunker. Um, But yeah, the (laughs) idea is that, yeah, we're going to need terrain. So if you have terrain out there and you want to bring it along, um, please shoot us a table, uh, shoot us a photo of what you have. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. sort of set up roughly how you want to do this, and um, yeah, we're going to start allocating. And um, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a you know, please, please. Uh, and the more variety, the better. 100%. Like, we don't want to, you know, if we have to look at fifty, you know, winter forest boards, 
so be it, but we'd prefer oh, not this, to. If, so, if there's, 50, if there's 50 winter forest boards out there, I mean, I'd like to see that because I don't yeah. know there are, but yeah, I'm thinking more like well, 50 Well, I mean, Normandy so boards. you say that, but we all know that every year at Christmas, Aldi sees Aldi, a yep. horde of <laughs> unusual shoppers come through yeah. and come yep. out of Christmas trees. I, I had to, um, well, I, I donated uh, to a friend of mine a, a bunch of my terrain because I, I just couldn't move it, couldn't store it, and mm. whatever at the new place. But uh, if I can borrow that back from him, I should be able to do four boards, maybe Beautiful. five sort yeah. of thing. But how are we going to move it? We might need to hire Rubes, a, you look like you're about well, to I'm actually, a van or something. I'm having, no, I'm actually having, no, so my little, my shitty little Mazda, and I want to be, this is, I'm actually saying this to all of you guys right here that are, um, uh, I will unfortunately. I I can take you to CanCon. I cannot. I cannot bring you home. But Sneaky, you're talking about flying anyway. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not talking about that. But oh, um, I thought you were going to fly. Oh, who knows? I, I haven't even thought about it. But I, either way, my little Mazda. I'm having a tow ball put on that, and I'm taking a trailer. That's all. That's the only way I can do it. Mm. I'm going to be taking my little Mazda is going to be dragging a a six by four trailer. That's just going to be chock full of terrain. Out of the Melbourne scene, the bits of MDF room. and Christmas yeah, trees, shit flying out all over the Hume. It's going to be great. <laughs> fucking Rubes' mates are going to be pulling me over outside of Wagga Wagga, fucking Wangaratta and shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's kind. Of, that's where we're at at the moment. Um, prize support is still off its absolute chops. When we start getting some things, we've got some things locked in, but I'm going to wait and sort of start. We'll, we'll start when releasing they start that. arriving. We will start showing yep. photos, and 100%. you will start to get an idea of exactly what we're trying to yep. do. The one thing I can say is like Kaiju have come to the party. They've provided us with shit. So that's sitting in my living room right now. Um, the temptation not to drink the prize is is, is strong. Garrett, um, next time you're over at Tristan's, just chain it up with a combination lock and then throw it. No, just, he's going to have to a fucking head count. I'll, I'll be trusted. Anyway. I'm going to make a throne out of that beer and sit in it and drink it one by one. Right, we're going to so, turn around so on day two and you're just going to be sat on the throne just cracking a cold one. Like, 100%. Yeah. Right. Kaiju. Um, but yeah, we've got other people sort of coming out of the woodwork. Um, it's it's just been so. It's it, it, I, mean, I don't want to say humbling because it's like I mean it's the, the mm. bolt action community and the and the, the companies that support us have always been amazing. So it's it's just it's not expected, but it's it's really pleasant just to ring yeah. people up. Hey, we're doing this. Oh yeah, brilliant. How can I help? You're like oh, I fucking I love this community. It's so cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, look. So that's kind of where we're at with CanCon. Harry, have I missed anything? Yeah, you have. Can I oh, can yeah. I jump in? Please. Here we go. Right, the ginger ninja. Ginger ninja is gonna snout on this one. Harry, have you dropped yep. your rule changes that you will be running? Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah, right. You are. Well, they're in the players' pack. Um, I believe we went over this. It's in briefly. The players' pack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what straight off the, the five changes, the five major changes. Open top vehicles with an armor value of seven plus or higher will now take pins in the same way enclosed fighting vehicles will. So if you're inexperienced, you will always take a pin. Yep. If you are veteran and it's small arms, you will always ignore the pin. If you are regular, you've got a 50-50. Yeah, to four ignore, up, you ignore it. Now, we're hoping to see a proliferation of a brain carriers and half tracks because I just love yeah, seeing that sort of shit. Absolutely, brain carrier spam is hilarious, and I love yes. seeing it every time. Yep. Number two, soft skin vehicles. They're destroyed on a two plus if they receive damage from any weapon with a penetration value, be it Thank HE or AP. Thank you, Pete West. Yep. 
So hang on, don't get me wrong. There's no rolling on the damage chart. Nope. No. So you get hit with a heavy machine gun. Yeah. If a light mortar ranges in, hits. Yeah. Anything between anything between a heavy machine gun and a flak eighty eight or what's what's the highest pen in the game? Oh, the fucking lunge mine. Lunge mine. Anything from heavy machine gun to a lunge mine. If you get if you get a soft skin vehicle that gets struck by that sort of shit. You don't you're like two up, you're gone. There's no yeah. rolling on the damage chart of being mobilized. How are we treating horses and eels? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, can catch fire. Barbecue them. Business as usual. <laughs> Sneaky, if you want to, if you want to go and lunge mine a horse, I'm all about it. All yeah. right, you can. Don't lay that challenge that. down. You know Sweet. he's going to do it. Yeah. No, it, but it raises that question. Then. Um, if they can't be set on the damage table, can you set a mule on fire? The way that, uh, okay, uh, okay, no, no, I'll stop you there. I'll stop you there. Have a conversation with your opponent, they're fine with it. Go and set fire to livestock, all good. No worries, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> it's gonna bring along a lighter. We'll just get five yeah. after action reports of player with glasses, curious predilection for barbecuing livestock, unsure how to respond. <laughs> Look, we put this one in because as much as trucks are. A tabletop staple, and oh god, Tristan's lighting shit on fire. Here we go. He's brought out the pyrotechnics. <laughs> We've got Rubes eating his. Sh- oh, now Rubes oh, got baby shit. lighter. Everyone's bringing in the flame. <laughs> yeah, Rubes, I got you covered, son. You ready? <laughs> oh shit! Look at that. <laughs> For those at home, he has a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little map. Yes, we just, we just failed a. Yeah, let's get in on this one. Yeah, it's everyone. Yeah, look, Sneaky don't have a lighter anymore. Go with smoking. Trucks have always been a staple of the game, but yeah. they are, for what they cost and for what they can do, they are too good and they're too much of an auto-include. Bullshit. And Garrett, going Fucking through the amazing. French list, I'm sure you've noticed the uh, French six-wheeler with the two Pintel MGs. I carries ten that. men. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt I've had that would have passing glance at it. How much is that for a regular? 65 points. 65 points. 65. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. 10 points more so, than a regular truck. Like, oh my God, I'd have I'd have fucking five of them. Yeah. And given that historically, be filled with trucks were always a, a prized commodity. We yeah. want to see players stop and think about what they're putting in their list. Yep. We want to see them try something different, try yep. something that they've never done before, maybe. You know, if someone rocks up with three buffaloes, one, I'm going to be baffled, two, good on you. Well, I'm telling you what right now, that bad? won't happen because Andy, no, Andrew, um, yeah. yeah, Andy Baxter's going to the LVO. So, yeah, your, your, three, your three Buffalo <laughs> list is not happening. He's the only person oh, I know who's, who's look, done mate, three Buffalo. If I can talk, if I can talk one of the uh, Queensland players into coming and he brings his USMC, we'll probably see three Buffaloes. That'd be cool. I'd be down yeah. there. Yeah. I want to see some kangaroo characters. That's what I want to oh, see. No, well, Anthony's running fucking admin for us. So, I think he was the kangaroo king for a while there. Yeah, we might see a couple of kangaroos. I've seen someone. Doing one up on the group. I've done a. I, I, I've seen a reverse Kanga, but um, never a. Oh yeah, no. That's. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So moving on. What's the next rule? What are we doing? Okay, number three. This one we've borrowed from the Juggernauts and from the Tasmanian boys. It's called yes. suppression. Infantry team MGs now inflict one pin on a unit that is declared as a target, and if they inflict a successful hit, that unit suffers an additional pin. That's only Keep if in the mind, unit is in range. It's only if it's in range. In range, of course. But keep in mind, a targeted unit may only suffer the effects of suppression once per turn. Yep. 
You can't so, pit it. you can't you can't take a US think, list and pit yeah. a fucking unit out of the game in a turn. I can tell you thinking there, Garrett. Yeah. So did you say infantry MG? So that's squad integrated? Yep. Or are you talking yep. about the, the team three dude weapon? Infantry dude. MG teams. Yeah, hang on. So, he's asking. No, no, hang on. He's like, think about the the um, SAS. The SAS can upgrade to an MMG. Can they do that as well? Hmm. Yes. Because strictly as written, we have worded infantry team MMGs. Yeah, we're going to change that because yeah. the, the, the MMGs, yeah. the MMGs within the squad, they perform a different role. Whereas yeah. the three guys who actually set up, you know, behind hard cover and spray the opponent, yeah. like that's that's an actual suppression weapon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, good catch there, Garrett. Okay. Uh, that's one we'll have to tweak. Uh, light machine guns. This is our fourth change. Yeah, and this also comes from the Juggers. A squad that is selected at full strength or has at least 10 men to be considered full strength may take an integrated LMG, a squad integrated LMG, at no additional cost. For example, a Siberian squad would have to take all 12 men to qualify. A partisan squad would have to take all 20 men in order to qualify. Yeah, the the Finns, I was looking at this the other day, the only squad that can do it in the Finns is the Jakari. You yeah. gotta take all twelve of them to get that um to get that light machine gun. But if you're taking um, a light machine gun in a finished squad, there's questions to be asked there. No, it's not. You're fucking you're a legend and you should be doing it more often. <laughs> what about the second now, what about the second MG when uh when it, that is allowed? Yeah, you you, 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 you No, Schutzen don't qualify, you can only get eight of them. No, no, not Schutzen. Um veteran grenadiers, veteran SS. You you're 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 paying the regular cost for it. Yeah, you're not getting it. You're not getting an one. additional one for free. You fucking cheesy shit. No, I was like, <laughs> but is the second one half price? Or? No, no, it's not. Um, the the other thing to keep in mind in here, if a squad does not have access to an MG as per its unit entry, LMG, it LMG, does LMG, LMG. It yep. does not get access to one. Nope, nope. So if you've got a, a regular US infantry squad, don't think you can slot in a free light. And you get gun. bars anyway. Stop complaining. Yeah, fucking amazing. Best yeah, easy mode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Same same thing with the MMG upgrade. Would you get the free LMG and then you'll need to pay the five points to upgrade it to the MMG? Yes. Uh hold that thought. Let me see. Well hang on, who would who could you do that with? What's a max SAS squad? So that's what I'm thinking. Eight, yeah. Eight guys. What about is there an Italian squad that can take it? Those pasta bitches. I don't know. Uh, hang on. No, I think Garrett's right. It's a bit hateful, wouldn't it? I think there's a... Why do I get the feeling that Western Disappointment has just annoyed me again? That's fine. It's like um, a recurring thing. Look, like, I'm going to make a ruling on it. Yeah, you've got to pay the five points. You're not going to get an MMG for free. Get your free light machine gun, and if you then want to pay a five-point upgrade, go for it. No worries, all yours. Okay, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's hardly it's not a thing. But the idea see? is, guys, we want to see people like. I mean, like, it. This is a buy-in reward. Like, if you if you want to take if you want to take Japanese, I mean, I t do Japanese get light machine guns? I'll say yeah. yeah. Either way, but if you want to go and but yeah, if you want to go and take that kind of army and think, oh, I'm going to fucking get me free LMG. Brilliant. Yeah, fix bayonets on a fucking light machine gun and, you know, you're going to have to take all 20 of them. You know, enjoy painting that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, just as a just a little side note, um, the Gumby list for Cancon will not be 150 bamboo spear fighters. Just putting it out there. <laughs> just oh, saying. Shit. 
<laughs> no, apparently the um, BritCon. I heard. The British Nationals, yeah, the Gumby list is fucking like 130, 140 bamboo spear guys. Like, I, I, I don't, there's the TO, I've got to say to you, man, I don't know why you're doing that because it's like anybody you play, it's like you're already playing a list that's going to be quite slow to play against and then you're going to get called away on fucking rules questions. Like, it's going to be like watching an orc movement phase. Man. You'll have time to put the kettle on, do your taxes, graduate yep. university with three different degrees yep. and get a home loan. In yeah. the time it takes him to finish one movement phase. Yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be bonkers. Like the yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the you know what. Maybe maybe we'll do a segment at some stage. You know what makes a good Gumby list, but generally twelve order dice. A big Preferably something game. that takes longer to move than the average U.S. foreign policy. Like mm -hmm. I'm just you know just well, that, just was, that was just airstrike. Yeah, drone strike. Yeah. <laughs> the drone ranger. Oh, by the way, don't see um oh uh, um two two movie recommendations just quietly, Prey and the new Top Gun. I didn't think I'd enjoy. Oh, I knew I was going to enjoy Prey, Top but Gun, yes. Top Gun is amazing. Right, next rule, go. All right, next out of the box, we have Piarts, Bazookas, and Panzer Shreks. They have received a buff. They now inflict a one-inch HE template when fired against units in buildings. So you can target the unit. You can target the like. Much in the same way that HE targets the building, you can now target it with a bazooka. And the idea is that when the shell hits a house, that the shrapnel inside there is doing a one-inch template. It's Which not... D2? Uh, sorry? Isn't that D2? Uh, D2 or D3? D2. Because it's a one-inch template. Yeah. To D2. But the idea is it just doesn't... You know, I think it's like D2 pins. Like, it's not... It's not all that yeah. um, It just gives them a little bit more utility. I think it's... We're not giving it to Panzerfaust, by the way, because Panzerfaust are already fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, because Panzerfaust... Yeah, Panzerfaust totally need a buff. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? And if anybody wants to hit us up about, oh, well, it's not very historical. Well, sorry, cuz. We play a game where Finns can play against fucking, I don't know, Greeks. What do you mean jungle, it wasn't but... historical? It's exactly what you'd use that for, clearing out enemy positions. No, that's, mm. what I'm, that's what I'm saying, is if somebody wants to get onto me and says... Oh, well, you know, you should give it to Panzerfaust because that is oh, historical. Yeah. I'm going to say, well, sorry, mate, we play a slightly ahistorical yeah, game from time I to see. time. Like, uh, we're not, we we're see a list where these... you have Gabby Jagger running around with Stug 33Bs. Like, don't Ooh. come at us with a historical claim. Shots fired! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I have never, that I can think of, ever put an infantry squad in an undamaged building. The, no, not since not since V two. No, no. Yeah, way. getting in a building, getting in a building these days is fucking. I mean, it's a near run thing. Yeah, look, it's a near run thing, but I've made the mistake of not putting squads in buildings when I should have done. Yeah, but also like it's. I mean, Garrett found this out the hard way. He put a squad in a building a little while ago, and I'm like, I'll just shoot the fucking building, and you were like, Oh, hang on, mate, you only need a three to do that, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> Yep. So. It's it's one of those things. If your opponent doesn't have HE, buildings are great. If he does, yeah, don't go and near if him. Have multi launches. Yeah. Oh yeah, well. fuck that. Mm. Like, yeah, I'll hit the building and then I'll hit everything within. Yeah, within six inches. inches of yeah, it's fucking terrifying. All right, is that it for the rules that we're doing, or is it? Um, look, there are a couple of little, housekeeping. yeah, housekeeping rules basically. Things that are sort of common knowledge or common practice at casual games that are a little bit iffy at, a, you know, events. So, straight off the bat, Panzer Fours, so the G, H, and J models, do not receive the benefit of Tiger Fear. No Tiger Fear. This isn't because we're being vindictive. 
Yes, it is. This is because that every time an FAQ drops, there is a new interpretation of Tiger Fear. Oh, yeah. And for the love of God, please, Warlord, make it stop. Just stop listening to whatever complaints have been made about the rule. Fix it or replace it. But for the love of God, it's doing our heads in. So, hands of fours, I know we all love them, or we love to hate them, or hate to love them, or whatever you want, but no, no Tiger Fear. It's just simple. The other ones we're rolling out, LMGs in motorcycle units will be able to fire as part of an advance order. Oh! Yeah. I just saw Garrett just get really excited. <laughs> Ooh. The moustache is sort of pinged yeah. up. Garrett is Any neg to hit? It'll be, ne- standard, it'll be your standard firing modifiers. Okay. So if you advance, it's a neg one to hit. Okay. Like, it was... I don't quite understand why the rule was changed when V2 dropped. Mm. It was annoying. It nerfed the shit out of some armies. Rubes, we can see the motorcycle. Very nice. French motorcycle with LNG. Ah, oh, the baguette delivery man. I want it. Yeah. Firing high-speed paninis. Um, is that the inception of Chanel's Angels? Chanel's Angels right there. Oh, there's God. A of, there's a lot of them. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Look, motorcycle infantry needs some love, so yep. here you go. Your LMGs can now advance and fire, and Africa Corps crowd shoots and have just lost their special snowflake status. No. Um... Let's turret see. Jam. Turret jam throwing that out the fucking window. Yeah, turret jams out. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, it's not a case of throwing it out the window. It's a case of dragging it behind the meat shed and just putting round after putting, round into yeah, it until putting it's nothing out of left. Misery. Yeah, putting old, it out of our old, misery. Old dark yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old, old dunkle girl. Fucking gone. Thank oh, God. Much. I mean, look, for the SPG fans out there, we never gave a shit about turret jam anyway. No, no. I haven't, I haven't run something with a turret in fucking years. Yeah. All right. Anything else? That's the long and short of it. The rest are all etiquette issues. Um, yeah. Which we're going to look those, in a minute. Yeah. And look, for those wondering about what the format of this event is going to be, it's true Swiss. So 100%. From, so first round. Round one, yeah. we will try and aim for historical matchups. Where possible. And if you want to invoke the right of grudge to play against a mate or whatever, yep. go for it. After yep. that, it's true Swiss. Winners yeah, play you, winners, yeah, losers you are, play losers, that's and right. anyone in the middle is facing anyone in the middle. Yeah, you are. You advance upon your own merits. It's as simple yeah. as that. Like the idea is that you know if you want to succeed at this, go hard. But um, yeah, the round one, if you want to play a mate, go for it. If you want to just be matched up, yeah, it's we'll we'll try and do it as much as possible. But you know, like it, throw the dice, see where they land. You know, what I'm really looking forward to is I'm looking forward to at the end of this event is actually looking down and seeing percentages of armies you know who's taking what you know from what theater the you know, how many, oh my god i can't wait to have a look at the data the data is going yeah. to be fascinating for this yeah these um, uh sweeping rule changes really change up the way that the listing meta is going to be anyway that's what i'm that's what we're hoping for yeah i, I, mean, like, I, mean, gonna, I think had, we can all say we've been to events where you play against someone and you know in your heart of hearts they pull that list out of their back pocket because it's the list they ran at the previous event and the one before that and the one before that ad nauseum. No, I'm feeling triggered here. I'm feeling targeted. You just fucking <laughs> move on, move on. It's, you know, it's great that it you have a list that works and you know how to use it, but the in the process of using that list constantly, 
the game stagnates. All right, we the get players... it, okay? I just, I was a fucking, okay, it's gone. <laughs> I don't own that army anymore. Move you know, on. The player's mind stagnates and the community suffers as a result because there's yep. nothing pushing growth. Whereas, awake. yeah, Sorry. and there's no one to sell, to, there's no one to sell cheap tanks to. So, uh, you know, okay, I'm self-serving here, whatever. <laughs> but there is an element where you want to see someone play something different because you want to see that little moment where the penny drops and they realize, hang on, this is different, but it works. 100%. So, Rubes, MG Platoon, is that the, uh, is that the go, mate? What are you thinking? Um, I'm not sure if I can actually make it this year. Because um, oh, hopefully uh, may have a second little minion in the works, hopefully by oh. then. So, hey. Fingers crossed, and a, mate. And a wedding around that time as well. So, um, If you sure. fucking book your wedding for CanCon weekend, <laughs> it's over. You're out of the cast. I'm never going to talk to you again. No, We're not friends. It's I will never sell you another miniature. No. It's going to... Don't... Don't lie, Harry. You know that's that, that's just a, a bold No, no. Yeah. If you book yeah. the wedding for CanCon weekend, there'll be a permanent <laughs> trade embargo over every suburb you live in. Wedding's going to be in February, but with everything building up to it, I don't know. I won't have time off work unless I can swing that weekend. Um, cause my just swing it, man. Just swing it. Come on. Doing everything I can. But, uh, you fucking better. I'm going to ring your boss. Just tell him there's a undercover sting <laughs> operation you have to be part of in Canada. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I'll get you one better. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ring his. I'm going to ring his fucking sergeant and say, "You do realize that Ruben Larson is dealing on the side. You need to fucking stand him down <laughs> just for a couple of weeks to straighten this whole mess out." And just he's going to go to Canberra. He will just he'll fucking do his penance up there, and then he'll be back at work for Tuesday. He'll be right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm what's what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah, can't see anything wrong going wrong there. Um, yeah, and I haven't thought about this yet, but um, I want to get away from my DAC um, if I do go. So i thinking of putting something new together if I do go. I do intend to challenge Tristan at some stage when Chanel's Angels is up and running, take an all-motorbike versus all-motorbike army. Are we down with that? You do uh, Chanel's Angels, I shall do yep. the Flying Baguette Circus. Well, these yeah. LMG changes, you know, it makes it feasible. It yeah. It really does. And you could get um, a free one. Is there a 10-man bike squad that you can possibly take? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's inexperienced for French. Mm. Uh, Interesting. Mm. Uh, yes, there is. Oh, there you go. Free LMG on your bikers. Love it. All right. Yeah. Oh, hang on. We're starting a rabbit hole here. Let's fucking. We, no, we're not. Go. We're talking about lists. No. no it's talking about ex- it's, we're talking about exploring the ideas I know, of your rule changes. I was curious as to what piqued my interest. There's a 12 man Italian squad that comes on motorbikes, and you can get a free LMG for it at CanCon. Garrett comes on motorbikes. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do uh, like I've because I've got files for printing French motorbike, uh, French motorbike squad, and then uh, just uh, change the helmets or something to Italians to do that. <laughs> Was that that I mean, sixth uh, STL file from um, oh, Tinkercad or something like that? Uh, it's Escos E S K I C E miniatures. I think. Yes, and he's got it. He's got everything, doesn't he? Yeah, Falschmeier Army, U.S. Paratrooper Army, U.S. Mm. Army. Army, <laughs> um, 
yeah, really nice foals. Um, just got to scale them up by 10%, and um, they fit in really well with Artisan and Warlord. So, oh, fantastic. Very nice. I bought the French bundle a little while back because it had some really cool trucks and an ambulance and a few really cool poses and stuff in it that I really wanted, and artillery. So, mm, With the spoked wheels and the pneumatic tyres, which is nice. Yes, That's cool. yes, yes, yes. I All right. Pay- uh, print out a heavy howitzer, um, which is on my shelf. Oh, of course you did. Moment. Of course you did. But yeah. All right. So in the vein of um, talking to your opponent, we're just going to cover this. Um, I think it's an important conversation to have, especially if you feel like we've got any new listeners. Um, is I don't. I think this is a part of the game that doesn't actually get talked about a lot, which I think is actually one of the most important parts of the game, and that's um, etiquette. Um, in regards to you know how things go um, before you start playing, and then also uh, you know while you're playing, and then you know after the game, your etiquette and there in, in that sort of situation can also be very very important. So, mm. pre-game etiquette. Yeah. So the the reason that I, I raised that that question about almost the the checklist was that uh, I stumbled across a a uh, Warhammer players, forty k players checklist that he he had done about what do you need to know before you start playing to to have a good game and obviously look with the the rules bloat involved in all of that this is a lot more involved because they're talking about what stratagem cards are you using and and all of these umpteen books that all interrelate with each other but the the idea behind it about um I don't want to win this game by dint of just having a gotcha moment that there is some rule that my army relies on that you don't know about because you're playing from a um, basic rule book and I'm playing from an advanced um, supplement, right? And I, I guess from, from our from our perspective, perhaps some of that might be uh, are you playing from just the the, the basic stuff in the in the armies of, and there's supplemental rules in the uh, theater selectors that that you just might not be aware of. Mm. Um, that's a big one. Just to say, uh, I always just try and talk everybody through. Uh, if there's something unusual in there, this is what it does, and you know this before we start. Yeah, hundred percent. That is yep. that is a very important part. This is my army has this this special trick. I mean, the fins are the big one. Like I always like mm-hmm. explaining explaining the Finnish national rules to people before you get going. Is one of the most important things you do as a Finnish player because you, just, you do not. It's their national rules are so fucking just baller. Mm. Yeah, or the 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 Panzer Brigade one fifty disguised. Yes, that is, yeah, a, that, that, is a, that is a glaring example. Yeah. So yeah, I another think one that, would be uh, the Chinese communist list with the spar attacks rule, yeah, the free yeah. nine inch move. Mm. Um, any units that have you know. Free movement or you know yeah, additional ranges. bonuses. American American Rangers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Australians with that aggressive patrolling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Stuff. So the idea is to have a like if you, if you have something that is not cookie cutter like this is my Blitzkrieg Germans and it's like the, the, like if you have something that is you know slightly off kilter, have a conversation with your opponent before you even start before you even like before when you rock up. Oh, this is what's in my army. It's a thousand points. It's fifteen dice. It's this is by the way. It's also got this. And I, I, I would, I'd also extend that almost that just to ask the question, if it, if it is a little bit weird, because 
you you can go a long time and not play against another army. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I went for years, and I never played against the Japanese army, so I wasn't yeah. familiar with what that uh, Banzai rule did until yep. mm. relatively recently. Um, Easter. Yeah, it's it's better to, it's better not to assume and yeah. just, just to ask that question. Do you know what this does, or would yep. you like me to explain yep. that? I yeah, mean, absolutely. if you've got your armies off book with you, even giving your opponent five, ten minutes to actually read through the national rules and just let them sort of filter it through. So if they have any questions, they can come back and say, hey, you know, the yeah, Banzai rule is a prime example because everyone assumes, or at least pl players do make the mistake of assuming it's a straight move forward. No, it's a charge move towards the closest visible enemy unit. Yeah. Which and they means, also can't do it through rough ground and yeah, all kinds of shit you can Which do. means you can bait them using an armoured car if it's yeah. closer than, you know, an infantry squad. Yeah. But sometimes Japanese players aren't aware of that. No, you know, 100%. The, yeah. the lack of awareness can be on both sides of the fence rather than just one. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and that also leads into the next part of it. The next, the, I think the second most important thing that you can have, and that's that what, what Sneaky brought up is very, very important, is explaining to your opponent how your army works. And then also asking your opponent, hey, what are you playing against me? Is there anything I need to be aware of? Is there anything weird? Is this just a cookie cutter American airborne list where it's just going to be, I know what's coming at me? Or is it something a bit fucking weird? But the second most important thing that you can have in regards to pre game etiquette is discussing the terrain and discussing mm -hmm. the table. Mm. Right. How are we gonna, you know, how are we gonna class all this? Hard terrain, soft terrain. Is this, is this, um, you know, is this rough ground? Is this impassable? Can you see through it? Can you shoot through it? Hundred yeah. percent. Sneaky and I had this. We had this at CanCon where we were playing in a jungle table, um, and the way that I'd always played um, those, uh, you know, sort of blobs oh, yeah, on trees. The, the, the thing about if if yeah. are you true line of sight if you're shooting from on top of it. Yeah, and then, you know, can you see over the top of it or is it like this, you know, this infinite fucking thing that goes, you know, into the sky? The way that I was always, it's like, it's like you've got to imagine there's like a fucking pipe that's about six metres long and you, you can't see through it, you can't pan it. And, you know, if you're on the other side of it, you can't see through it, but if you're in it, you can, it, there's all these conversations you need to have. And But the one thing I would sort of impress upon people is if you are going to, if you're going to play in your garage on a Saturday afternoon, it's nice and warm, you have a cup of tea and a couple of, you know, chocolate Tim Tams, Fucking play hard, you know, play loose with it. It's all good. Oh, we're going to do it this way, blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to come to an event, have a really hard conversation before you get going because there's nothing worse than getting to turn three. Coming across, uh, you know, a particular interaction that actually matters, that's going to affect the outcome of the game, and then having to say, hang on a minute, how does this work? Yeah, I, I, I remember one, one example was not this year, but last year. Um, mm. Oh, the, whenever that, the last time that I went to CanCon, was how much of a turn do you have to be doing on the road to count to be that was 2020 yeah oh yeah i remember yeah. the game yeah. i remember the game you had where you had that where yeah it's one of those things like um it and that sort of depends on tables but yeah like again like yep. i said to you if you are if you are having to have a conversation with your opponent um you know start you know midway through turn three and that 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 the outcome of that you know question is going to depend the outcome of the game well it's it's going to be you're going to end up with like somebody who's going to be like well no you're playing it wrong or some shit mm. like that garrett yeah i hate to rules lawyer and jump in um just reading page 52 rule book dense terrain um it says here that dense terrain is always assumed to be higher than any models on the table 
blocking line of sight to all ground units. So yep. as you were talking about, you know, does it block how high does it go? If you classify it as dense, which is your ruins at times or your smattering of trees, yep. um, it's as high you can't see now, through it. I, I, I don't I don't I don't doubt your your interpretation of that, Garrett, but the, the difficulty is uh, I, I tend to play against a lot of people who are playing six or eight different game systems mm. simultaneously. Mm. Yeah. And you get it confused and you yeah, go, you oh, bet. actually, those are the rules from Chain of Command. Those are the rules from O Group. Uh, it works this way in this system. It, it is actually worth just double checking it because it's so, so easy to, to just go, uh, your assumption. And you play with that assumption and without, get yourself into trouble. without double double checking. See, it's it's yeah. it's even worse than that, sneaky. Because if you go to, I mean, I've had this because I've I've played in shit. I've played in uh, you know a number of different states now. I'm about to go and play in a different fucking country. That's going to be interesting. But I'm telling you right now, everyone plays different. Everybody has a different interpretation mm -hmm. of it, and everyone can go to the rule book and pull out a certain paragraph and mm -hmm. go. But yeah, it's, it says this. You're going, yeah, but you're 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 interpreting it incorrectly. I mean, the uh, for example, the Escalation League that I'm currently involved in in Limbrook, um, there's a group chat and there's a number of questions that come up in regards to that. You know, oh, what's the ruling on this? And I'll jump in and say, well, it's actually this. Oh no, but it says in the rule book this and this and this. I'm like, no, trust me, that's your interpretation of that is incorrect. You need it, it is like this. It's played like this. It's been played like this for since V1, mm. but. Everyone has their own interpretation of it. So the idea is, is that before you, before you throw dice, before you, you know, before you even pull your, you know, put your figures on the table, have a conversation about the terrain. How are we classing this? Is it ruin? Is this a building? Is this, you know, because if you can have that conversation then, and you go into that game with clear expectations, you're going to avoid any bitterness towards the end. I guess the the other thing that plays into that too that's important is. Um, you know, if it can lead into that same thing about, oh, you, you feel hard done by it if you have been yep. giving your opponent the benefit of the doubt about oh, yeah. the rules the whole game until the point when it when it really comes. Yeah, you come to the point. Yeah, comes to the shove, and yep. then they start rules lowering you. Yeah, we've all been there. That's, we've all played those right. games. Yeah, that's we've all played right. those no games. One wants to do that. Yeah. When you get to the end of turn six, and like, I mean, I don't want anyone to walk away from their game of CanCon thinking, oh, well, fucking the only reason he won that is because he pulled some obscure fucking bullshit out of the bag, and all of a sudden I can't do what I've been doing the whole fucking game. I know, like, we've all played those games, but, you know, the idea is have, you know, the pregame etiquette dictates that if you have a good, solid, open conversation with your opponent before you throw the first dice, you can avoid a lot of this shit. Yeah. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying that's going to, you know, clear the decks completely, but, you know, Having a having a frank conversation, I think, is is excellent. Introduce yourself. This is my army. This is what it does. This is how it does it. Now, how are we going to how how do we class this table? How the other thing, the other thing, I just jump in and add there about your army. If there's a recent FAQ or errata document that has come up that has affected the way your army performs in some way, mm. have that document. Have the relevant passages highlighted. Yeah, and make sure your opponent knows about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Like. I'm going to say this now for every single player who's thinking of coming to CanCon, do not make any assumptions that every player you're going to come up against, A, has encyclopedic knowledge, yep. B, has read the errata document. Yep. Because I know there yeah, are times when right. the errata drops and someone shoots me a message and says, hey, there's a new FAQ out, and I go, great. I'm going to go and smash my head against a brick wall for six hours before I think of something even more boring to do. 
Yeah, and then you got to go through it. It's, yeah, it's a fucking, it's a fucking nightmare. But yeah. the other thing is, if you're going to roll up to an event, um, you know, the other thing to bear in mind is try and get a copy of your army list um, from a, a source like Easy Army because that breaks it down, costs and all the rest of it. So you're, well, I find you're the blank sheet. You're going to have a lot of trouble with that because you've you've changed the point costs. And the, the, no, you're not because essentially, if you like, I mean, we'll just look at you know, um, if if you're rolling up and that's your list. I mean, for one thing, we've allowed it to come in. But yeah, if lists end up being what twelve, uh, they'll be between twelve seventy to maybe thirteen something. But if, yeah, yeah, free light machine guns. It is what it is. Like you, you, you should be able to tally that up. I mean, so. We're going to be looking at lists between twelve seventy to thirteen fifty. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. Um, the, the other one that that strikes me that's and and this is implicit about the etiquette of particularly how tournament games go, but it's really bad when it doesn't work the way that you think, mm. right? So, the tail end of maybe day one on a two day or uh, whatever. Look, you know if you're not in contention, right? You, you you see how this is going. You're not heading towards the podium. Yeah, the hate greases. The hate greases just yeah, fucking it's, oozed its, its way all over it's you. It's yeah. thing. And okay, you know you're out of contention, and you're just there to have a f- fun couple of games for the rest of the thing, right? Yeah. What really goes badly is if you get someone who is going, oh, but I really don't want to be in contention for the wooden spoon, and they're mm. still biting tooth and nail about every rules thing and every possible interpretation yeah. because they're desperate not to get into the bottom 10% of that. It's probably a better, bigger thing for really big tournaments like Arcanicon or some... Look, I've, I've never... I, or, I've never really come across that kind of, that kind of attitude. Um, but I'm not saying it doesn't yeah, exist. It, it, can ha- it can happen when... when I, I understand that. Really, I understand really the circumstances like you're, you're you're describing. Yeah. A lot of people really like to win, and if you're not in contention for winning, you're just like, yeah, whatever. Well, but unless you're unless you're Rubes or Robbie Deacon, you you know everyone likes to win. <laughs> I mean, those two guys are just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just but like no one lulls, likes so to get. Yeah, you're just like, there story. for the you're there for the lols. Yeah, you're there. I mean, lulls game one. If you if you if you come to CanCon, game one, it's you and Robbie Deacon. It's as simple as that. I'm fucking. I'm gonna make that happen. Yeah. I'm gonna sit back and record it. I'll play Rob any day. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. He is. I'm gonna make that game Absolutely. happen, and then I'm gonna drag over a fucking tennis umpire's chair and just sit up on there and get drink Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> Advantage, so JL, Mr. Deacon. JL, if someone's like that with you, you know, your advice perhaps to be to sort of simmer that down and counter that oh, might absolutely. be, you know, roll roll a d4, you know, for example, oh, sorry, roll a d6. You know, if if there's contention, or um, what what advice would you give? Look, honestly, I, I my advice to that would be, mate. Look, let me buy you a beer. We're we're just we're just hanging out here. There's no shame mm, yep. in in yep. losing. Um, and it's that thing about look. A lot of people are happy to lose, but they will really resist coming absolute last. The the wooden yeah. spoon. The wooden spoon. Um, some people the have a good spoon, sense. So. Of, have a good sense of humor about it and and good some people will really not react well to to that <laughs> i mean the other thing i'd say is look if you get a player who is carrying on and you know being a bit of an ass and making it an uncomfortable experience for you 
I'd say do not be afraid to, you know, turn to the TO and say, hey, look, can you tell this guy to pull his head in? And if needs be... It shouldn't get to that, but that's not to say that it won't happen, you know. It's not to negate yeah, the possibility yeah, I mean, entirely I've, of that happening. I've got to be honest, that's, that's more likely to happen at the, the pointy end of the stick. If somebody feels that they're in yeah, contention true. because they're on three or four wins and they've got three or four really fucking convincing wins, that last game can be fucking murder. I mean, mm. I mean, we joke yeah. about me nearly killing a man at CanCon, but fuck, I tell you what, that last game I played was like that was nail biting. You nearly killed a man at CanCon. I nearly uh, killed a man uh, at CanCon. Like, think, think about this, right? You, you remember the, the the film Cross of Iron, right? Where um, he's like, "Oh, you 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 want one? Here, here you go. Just mm. just have one. Fuck, I've got two. I don't. It means nothing to me." And Maximilian Schnell is like, "No, no, but it's so important that I get mine and my my thing." Yeah. Whatever, right? So mm. if if you've been you've had multiple podium finishes, it's it's nothing special whether you get one or not. You you know that you're a good player. But people who have something to prove can be a little bit of a loose cannon until they settle down. This is CanCon JL. Oh, you, met, you, you met Garrett. You speak to CanCon. You say you say loose cannon. You summon Garrett. I mean, <laughs> 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 from here. Yeah. Um, so three times in yeah. a mirror, he appears behind you. Yeah. So look, look. So in in so far as etiquette, like I think this is a really really good point. Um, is that yeah? I think that throughout the game, gauging your opponent, communication, and just you know, occasionally, if it is getting a bit heated, maybe maybe you do just need to say to your opponent, "Hey, listen, guys, I'm just going to go get a drink of water. Do you want anything? Just go to the toilet, take a break, just walk away from it. Give your opponent some time to just decompress a bit. Like keep them. Mm. Yeah. Don't and, and to move some miniatures while you're not looking. Don't say that. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, it's it's a big thing about photograph you know, the ball before you leave. There's an art to being a good winner and a good loser. That you don't yeah, like yeah. on somebody when you're well. This when you're winning, no, no. Or, I mean, that's don't be a yeah. sore loser when you're that's losing. that's post game etiquette, and we'll cover that. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that during the game, yeah, just open communication. You know, and uh, like, I mean, I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come and say it. Chris Peck, if you're listening, I love you, brother. And, you know, congrats to Chris, by the way, because, um, you know, uh, they, I think him and his missus just had another child. Um, it's the oh, second child where they didn't, they didn't call it Stuart. Like, um, <laughs> just, um, I'm still pissed off that he didn't call his kid Stuart. Either way, but, like, Chris, for whatever reason, was um, he was legendary in the Melbourne scene for being a slow player to play against. And I remember one game that I played against Chris where... Um, it's, it's 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 a shitty thing to say, and I'm not saying it to fucking to 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 have a crack at Chris. But had we moved a little bit quicker in that game, I would have got a win instead of a draw. Now after that game, my post game etiquette was fucking atrocious because I was really angry. Um, I then apologized to him later and said, "Look, I'm really sorry. That's that's on me. I'm you know I shouldn't have got so fucking worked up about it. It's just a fucking game." But yeah, like. The idea is to occasionally remind your remind your opponent, especially at something like CanCon or Moab or any of those games. All right, rate of play. Let's keep on moving. Just fucking, just let's go, let's go, let's go. Like if you're lagging behind, rate of play. Keep moving, keep moving. And you know, it, it, it's one of those things. This, well, and this is also, I mean, from a CanCon point of view, um, if somebody wants to send in some twenty-five, you know, order dice, you know, juggernaut. Um, yeah, we're going to have a conversation with you about are you going to be able to finish your games on time in a timely fashion? 
So mm. yeah, keeping your opponent moving, but also keeping yourself moving, making sure that you're thinking that two or three steps ahead and having a you know a, a contingency in case things go a bit sideways, but making sure that you're finishing your games consistently is also really important. Yeah. And if you are going to submit a, you know, 20 plus order monstrosity, yeah. Pr- like have practice games. Time yourself if you have to. Yeah, if Make, you're going to do that, finish a game within the allotted time slots that we will be given. Yeah. Yeah, like, and, uh, I'd also add to that time yourself on a table that challenges you cuz moving absolutely. a 20 a 20 dice uh, army on an open desert table is a very different thing mm. to moving a 20 dice yeah. order table on a jungle uh, ordered yeah. army on a jungle table or yeah. a city yeah. fight. And that's and that's perhaps something else to discuss as well is that you know part of your pre-game etiquette and this is very pre-game is if you are going to rock up to CanCon try and get some practice games in with your army. If you're going to rock up with you know your Russian list that you like to bring out to, you know to come and play with the big boys you you know how that works. It's not going to be a problem. But if you're going to think to yourself, oh, I'm going to paint up this brand new Belgium list or some shit like that, mm. understand how your army works. It's no yeah. good trying to figure that out halfway through game two when your opponent is you know standing across from you trying to kill you with mind bullets because you're like you're <laughs> fucking you're slow playing. Like fucking sort that shit out. Just rate a play, rate a play. Yeah, you're, we've you know, never seen mind bullets happen. Fast game's a good game. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then leading on to that post game etiquette. So win, lose, draw, whatever it is, shake your opponent by the hand, look them in the face, and respect the fact that they stood there and mm. gave you a game. Now, you may not agree with them, but be the bigger man or lady or they, them, whatever you want to be. Shake them by the hand and say thank you for that. You know, yeah. let's let's do the scores and all the rest of it. Do the score sheet in front of your opponent so there's no sort of, oh, well, you fucking wrote, you know, you said you got two secondaries when you didn't, all that sort of bullshit. Show it to them once you've done it. All good. I'm going to take that up to the TO. Thanks, mate. No worries. Hmm. But and make sure miniatures stay on the table while you're doing the scores so mm-hmm. that if it is a case of proximity to an objective, yep. you both have a chance to measure that. You yep. can both double-check it. Cross the, all, the, all, all, all the stuff, and for any new player who's listening to this thinking, oh, my God, this is fucking, this sounds... <laughs> you're not really... like The chances of you coming across games or opponents like this are exceedingly rare. I've played at this stage... I've played hundreds of games of bolt action. I can think of maybe two or three games where, you know, I've been really, I've, I've come away thinking, fuck me, that guy was a bit, yeah. Jesus, you know, I mean, but it was rude. But, you know. And if you are that new player, uh, I think you need to, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think if you are that new player, you need to look around and get another opinion from someone. If you are in doubt, like if a TO is busy, and they can't help you at the time. You can ask someone, you know, in a table adjacent to you and say, look, we don't know. We think this is three inches. It's in my opponent thinks it's out. You know, could you give it a measure and tell me what you think? Well, I'm, I'm telling you right now that at CanCon, Harry and I will be running around as the TOs. Now at CanCon, but before we even start, before we even get everyone playing, we'll be pointing out seasoned, veteran community players and saying if we're pulled over and we're you know we're we're dealing with an issue somewhere else this guy this guy this guy these are the people that you can ask and say hey listen you know and i'm hoping they'll be like you know sort of five or six you know you guys like um uh chris collins jason drain you know guys are that guys who know their shit andy brownrig andy brownrig Mm. is a a fantastic guy you know just come over you know like you know try not to distract them from their own games because they're going to be trying to finish up but you know Oh, hey, listen, we're having a bit of a problem here. How How is this interpreted? Can you get him a fez? Make him stand up. Oh, Andy would look good in a fez, wouldn't he? 
<laughs> a fez and a poncho. Ooh. Andy, if you're listening, fucking that fez and a poncho, make it happen. Smoking jacket. A but, smoking. Um, no, can you imagine a poncho at CanCon? Oh, you die. I was thinking a fez and a monocle smoking jacket. Like. Uh, but uh, be, beyond all of that, right? On, the other thing I would say, and uh, this is advice that you, you always hear you know, in the, the employment market, um, word Where gets am? around. Word, word gets around. Um, yeah, if That's a big one. It's, it's not hmm. worth. Yeah, yeah, you might strong arm somebody into, into conceding a game that was dubious, but my word, word will get around that, that you, are, you are a contentious, difficult player. Imagine. Uh, yeah, we're we're all here to have a good time, right? Mm. So, well, you, on, uh, you would it's, do much better to yeah. to just be that guy that is prepared to shake hands, smile, and say that was an interesting game. I really liked when such Ooh, and such happened. Yeah, good even, word. Even good if word. you're just 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 screwed up, sucking lemons inside, yeah. smile and nod and say, "I really liked when your thing did this. Wasn't it a shame that this happened?" And you you debrief about the, about the game because. Uh, you do not want to get that reputation about being a bit of a dick. On the back of that, that Sneaky, that is a fucking fantastic point and very, very succinctly and eloquently put. I love it. On the back of that, CanCon, Bolt Action at CanCon in 2023 has a zero-tolerance approach to cheating. If you are caught, you will be fucked off and you will get like they will be gone. You will just be if there is any bullshit, any shenanigans. If there's anything that we are alerted to and we are able to prove it, you're out. You're out. Don't you're even gone. think about coming. If this happens yeah. round one, day one, don't even think about showing up for day two. And that's and that's and that's just something that and off. that's something that I will and that's something that I'm going to jump in on very quickly. I can tell you right now. I've been playing. When did have we been playing, Garrett? Have we been playing nearly ten years now? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I, I got a notification. It's Facebook. not even a gleeful smile on Garrett's face. Mm. It's just resignation. I got a notification on Facebook the other day that the first Melbourne Bolt Action event that I attended was eight years ago. Uh, wow. Just the other week. So, um, it's well, we've been, I've, been playing, I've been playing nearly 10 years. Uh, I've played hundreds of games. I've gone to shitloads of events. And I can tell you that in the, in the, in the, in the entire 10 years that I've played... Um, I know of only one player who's been ejected from the Australian scene, um, and I don't think I've I, I play I've played that player twice, and there was no shenanigans when I played him. Um, he no longer plays in this community, but also um, I've never come across someone where I've ever thought you're taking the piss, you're cheating. I'm you know I'm being done over here. It doesn't happen. It's so fucking rare. But you know people come and go all the time. But we're just going to say we're yeah. saying it out there. I'm not so much talking about, you know, outright cheating, but just be, being so sour. Uh, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it was just a good segue to bring that up. That is a you know, sure, zero, yeah. zero toll. Um, but yeah, look, um, we want people to kind of come and have a good time. We're, we, you know, we're, we're putting it all on. And I think that a good, you know, a good time is going to be had by all so long as you adhere to open communication. Your etiquette is open. Your etiquette is. You know, just just forward. Ask the questions before you get started. How are we treating this? What's that? How are we going to do that? What's the ruling in regards to this? This road, it's got a bit of a kink in it. We, you know, is that we're turning to go? Like, talk to your opponent. Come to a come to a come to a fair and logical decision before you start playing. I guarantee you, your games will go fantastic. 
Use the checklist, huh? Yeah, hundred percent. That's great advice for for any game system that you you play. Absolutely, uh, except for chess. If it's, a new, if, if it's a new one that you're learning, yeah. But across the board, just 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 do it. Just yeah. Say, what what is this? Yeah, Takes yeah. Obviously. Two minutes. Yeah, exactly right. It should like I mean a, a pre-game conversation, and that's the other thing for like any new players or people who don't who, who don't. This kind of whole conversation should take you two or three minutes. Walk yeah. over, shake the guy by the hand. Hey, mate. Okay, quick chat about this. What's going on over here? Oh, let's have a look at your army. How's that looking? All right, no worries. Um, roll for table sides. Let's go. One thing we did miss there, but it is sort of you know assumed knowledge. Dice bag etiquette. Now for bolt action, it's pretty simple. Draw a dice out, the dice bag goes on the table. Just hand that dice over. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this because I tend to hold the dice bag. Yeah. My, my hand isn't in the dice bag, I just hold it. Yeah, um, look, we've but, all done yeah. it. But, yeah. you know, for a competitive event like CanCon, even a casual game, yeah. just find a flat building or a flat space somewhere out of the way, pop it down there, let your opponent or yourself do whatever it is, then pull the next one. Yeah. Simple 100%. as that. Yeah, I, look, no, I, I, bags, is, no problems. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be an issue. At the end of the day, no. like it's like I, there's there's no one in the in in the Australian community that I can think of that takes the piss like that. So, all right, uh, maybe another another little little corollary of that perhaps is yeah. um, turn dice. Put it somewhere you can see, so you are. Oh, good. Yeah, track. good call. Yeah, or so you are keeping track of what turn you are on because it can go. Yeah. Really mm. fast and then really slow. And- oh yeah, the number of times yeah. I've had—I mean, Garrett and I had this conversation the other day where Garrett was like, "Are we on turn three? I'm like, "No, we're on turn four. No, we're on turn three. No, don't you remember this move? This move?" And eventually, it was like mm-hmm. we figured it out. But yeah, that is—that's yeah. Like like the best turn dice I ever saw was um, is owned by Old Man Morin, where he's got like this big green foam dice. It's got sex moves on it. It's this big sex dice. And yeah, like you turn it to like, oh, turn two is a 69. Hilarious. It's fucking great. But I'll tell you what, you never, you never forget to turn it because you've got this dude's ass looking at you the whole game. It's fucking great. Um, all right. It's just Brad, not the dice. I, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, pretty much. All right. We're going to hit a break. Um, now, I think uh, Rubes and I are trying to line up an interview. We'll see if that happens. Um, but... Yeah, uh, if we have an interview, enjoy that. If we don't, well, fuck it. Uh, We'll be back um, after these messages. War and Peace Games are Australia's best supplier of all your hobby needs, wants and must-haves. Operating out of Sydney, Ian and the crew boast a large selection of gaming systems including Bolt Action, Flames of War, Frostgrave, Oathmark and many more. They also stock an incredible range of hobby supplies from Army Painter and Vallejo to get your army looking its best for the tabletop. Give the guys a call or check out the amazing range at www.warandpeacegames.com.au. And we're back. Here's the big question. Hari finds a Japanese meat knee mortar. What does he do with it? A. Puts it on his shelf as a, uh, as a prize. Two. Uses it as a, uh, a crutch. Or three. Uses it to measure his, uh, his knees. Four, I use it to inflict grievous revenge upon Rubes for a defeat lost to the mists of time. And knee mortars. And bayonets. <sighs> Sit on it, rotate, rinse ah, in the feet. Like you did to the bayonets. Oh. <sighs> wow. You walked into that. Much I walked into bayonets. the bayonets. <laughs> 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 All right. 
The Joe Sorry. Tell us, folks. On the back <laughs> of Gar- on the back of Hari and I deciding to run Cancon, um, Garrett sort of freshen I, up, right? Yeah, on those Garrett's, Garrett's now. decided to show us up, and these these two fine gentlemen claim that they're fine. the top of the tos. You know, they've no, taken no, on the responsibility. No, I'm I'm here for it. You're an L Grey at best. That's what you are. So I thought I'd test their rules knowledge along with our other two fine associates here. We are so fucked. So this is such a poor idea. (laughs) So prepare to be embarrassed. Um, Hey, Tristan, just before we start, this was your idea. I remember you extolling the virtues of this idea. So whatever happens in the next hour, it's on you, mate. No, not at all. It's on Garrett. Garrett's fault. Oh, look, I'll give you phone a friend so you can bring in JL. You know, he's he's there. He's ready to go. He's in, waiting in the wings. Will I be able to do that if the question involves burning livestock? You know what? You know what? No, no. I'll, I'll take the phone a friend because I'm pretty sure I've got Pete, Pete West's fucking mobile number around here somewhere. So. <laughs> All right, you ready? Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll bring Toph in. Oh, that's a good You're idea. Ready as we'll ever be. You ready as you'll ever be? All right, I've, I've, I've sectioned it. We're going to start with artillery. All right. Are D6, 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 D6 plus two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, A, B, and C, all correct. All right, so my favorite trick, right, that I've lately discovered is to plonk an artillery piece in a building. Yeah. Right, you can do that at the start of the game, which is quite mm-hmm. nice. And you can shoot out of a different opening with an advance order than the, the position you've set up in, true or false. You can what? Do it, I'm going to say it. false by virtue of the fact that artillery pieces are allowed to change facing as part of an advance order, but they cannot fire as part of an advance order. That's incorrect, because if they're on a turntable, they can. I'm going they- to say that a... Um- yeah, the turntable makes the difference if it's mm-hmm. not, yep. not on that, no, but... Okay. But that's only turntable as defined by the unit entry, it's already by gone the badly. model itself. <laughs> Great. It's already gone so badly. <laughs> it's going to be half an hour just ba- debating yep. this. Yeah. I love it. Well, okay, but I mean, yeah, turntable, but the 25-pounder is modelled on turntable. Yeah. The entry does not stipulate it has a turntable. Over to you, Garrett. Oh, I'm loving this. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, funnily, and I, I loved starting with this. I'm going to say uh, it's true. I'm going to say it's true. I, I'm saying you can so do you, can, you can advance and you can shoot out of a different opening. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say it's true. Uh, you are correct. Whilst the rule book on page 127 says no. It was, it was 50-50, Hari. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make Page 18 says yes. Oh, fucking errata. Errata, man. Errata's there. So yes, your artillery can choose a different opening to fire from if given an advance order. I'm going to get a bit of paper. I'm going to keep score here because I'm pretty sure I'm in this. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Tristan, one. Hari, zero. Gotcha. Yep. Keep going. All right. This is an interesting one. And this is one I believe you were discussing last episode. Um, which was you've got your flak eighty eight. Mm. Now, can, the last episode. 
Well, this one's maybe for you, Bruce. Can it be moved onto the table if it doesn't have a toe? Yes. Under, it can deploy onto the yep. table, yes. Yes, it can. No, no, I'm saying can it be moved on? So yes. in a reserves. Yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Yep. One move. Yes. It, then it's One move. Yeah. Fixed. Everyone's yep. saying yes? Yes. Yeah. Let me guess, as the answer's as no. Of, as of the last errata, it can be moved six inches at a run. Well, I believe it's yes with a caveat, which is if the mission doesn't allow any units to be set up at the start of the mission, then yes. But if you can have your units deployed, then... Uh, it's, you're allowed to... No, they're, they're why, would you, why would you possibly want to, though? That seems ridiculous. Yeah, if you're going to spend that kind of money on a Flak 88, you want it fucking from turn yeah. one yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the business. Sure. But... Yeah, but, but this but, is yeah, no, but, but, it hasn't been eroded because the questions was uh, in brackets. If it's not deployed, like in scenarios where everything starts off the map, and you don't include a tow, doesn't mean it can't enter the battle, right? And they've said, Warlord said, we will make an exception to the rules in this case. Therefore, referring to in only in scenarios where everything starts off the map. But the answer to your question is still yes, it can. Sure. With a caveat. Yep, Tristan won. <laughs> Hari, Hari, Hari didn't make it, so it's zero for Hari. Oh, very good. Now nah, Hari's got one on that one. I'm still winning, though. You are winning? Yeah. Um, I'm the better Bacon team. Baker's discussion yeah! was talking about indirect fire weapons. And uh, Jacob Lotz, our man over the pond over in Spain. Oh, oh lovely, lovely svelte man. And he was asking about the merits of indirect fire weapons, specifically yeah. Japanese knee mortars. But uh, this will apply to what, rifle grenades and um, BB, BB launchers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So those integrated indirect fire squad weapons. Can you split fire? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Indirect HE and one-shot weapons can split fire as per yep. the errata. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that's kicked around since the inception of V2. It's also in the rulebook, page 72. There you go. Mm. 1.0. Still winning. <sighs> yep. Still on the shooting bracket. Yep. Cover. If. Oh, God. One man yeah. in a two-man rifle squad. Yep. Is shooting at a two-man flamethrower team. One of which is in the open. Does the flamer team get cover? So you got a two-man... Oh, oh, it doesn't really matter who's shooting at it. You can say a 10-man rifle squad is shooting a two-man flamer team. One of them mm -hmm. is behind cover. No. It does matter how many can see in the unit. I could say five guys in a 10-man rifle squad are shooting at a two-man... Oh, so hang on. You're saying the other five are behind a building and they, they can't see. draw a line of sight. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the only, the only five that can shoot at them are the five that can see the target... And so, insofar as the, um, insofar oh, okay, as... Okay, let's, no, let's, let's get rid of that example. Let's say five of your guys are behind, have intervening cover, and yeah. five don't. Yeah. And one flamethrower man is in cover, and one is not. Do they get cover? Yes. Um, I believe they do. 50% or more. Yeah. That's always been the ruling. If it's 50% or more, the cover modifier is applied. You're all wrong. Fucking what? Page 57, rulebook. No. So if at least 50% of the shooters in the firing unit, so that's our 5 out of 10, 
yeah. can draw a clear line of sight to at least 50% of the target, which would be our one guy out in the open, the unit does not get cover. Then the cover rules say that if 50% of the target unit is behind cover, they do get cover. So we're almost like... Uh, 50% I feel this is like the song that doesn't end. Yeah. It just goes no, on and yeah. on, my friend. No, it's, it's very clearly in there, page 57, in that if you've got... Um, so long as at least 50% of the shooters can clearly draw a line of sight to at least 50% of the target, no modifiers for cover apply. I want, to say it's, I want to say it's wrong, but Hari's going through his rule book at the moment. Yeah, it's difficult because I got the, um, the miniature rule book, so I have to actually, like... Oh, I wonder if the page... page 50, is, yeah, it looks a little different. something... Looks a little something like this. Uh, okay, so I'm looking for a diagram that's sat next to an M36. <laughs> it's a it's uh, a big light. Oh, here green. we go. Yep. There we go. All right. So go. very top, just here. Yeah. If at least fifty percent of the shooters in the firing unit can draw a clear line of fire to at least fifty percent of the models in the target unit, then the target is not in cover. So you got one guy with his dick in the wind. And if at least 50% of your unit can see him with no, nothing in the way, no cover. What are the, um, what is the section in the, um, uh, the section of the book that covers cover, say? That is the section of the book that covers cover. That it's no. the whole, yeah. the whole cover it's thing. It's literally a top secret. It's one of those top secret things. Oh, subsection yeah. cover. Like, All right. I mean, let's just stop and jump in here and say, honestly, Warlord. Stop with this top secret bullshit. This is not a mission <laughs> briefing. Stop with the pretentious wankery. Rewrite the rule book and put it in the fucking applicable section. Mum's like, oh boy, top secret. Loose lips, six ships. <sighs> yeah, well, to people who say loose lips, loose lips, sink ships, I have one word. Orthodontist, get your teeth fixed. Loose, loose thighs save lives. Make lives. All right, thick thighs. All right, so, um, zero all. Uh, yeah, wow. Okay. That's a real shaker. All right. Yep. <clears throat> next one. Continuing with flamethrowers. Ari, just, you... just, just, just as a, just a by the by, you're currently on a 50% strike rate of right or wrong. So you pick your game up. All right. Oh, here we go. He's got this one, though. Yeah, he's got this. All right. Got you've, got, yeah, you've got your engineer squad, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have four SMGs. You've got a guard with the flamethrower. Yeah. You've got a target 12 inches away. Yep. that you want to light up with your SMGs. Mm -hmm. Does the flamer also need to shoot if it has line of sight? No. It doesn't need to shoot, but if you wish to fire the flamethrower, then yes, you have to target that unit because it's not a one-shot weapon and it's not an indirect HE weapon. I believe that there it is... ignores... I believe, though, that it doesn't it ignore all cover bonuses. Mm. I'm pretty sure the flamethrower ignores all cover bonuses, so you literally just fucking douse the whole area. Yeah, but you're out of range. If you're out of range, you can't shoot. Yeah. Incorrect. Page 51. Note that players cannot hold back a unit's fire. When a unit fires, every model that can shoot must shoot. So it's still phrase, can that shoot. can shoot. 
Which it, it can shoot. It's not in range. No, it it's not it, eligible yeah, but to it, shoot. It can't, it's not in range. It's still, shoot. Even if you've got some units in range and some out, you still shoot with everything, man. It's like a, a mortar, right? You still fire that off and then you measure and you say, oh, it's out of range. You've still shot with it. Yeah, but then in that by, yeah, by that fucking rationale, you'd be like, oh, well, it's got to land somewhere. Let's start rolling for that. We don't. It doesn't, well, it doesn't that's, shoot. That's, no, that's, that's nowhere written in the rules. There's nothing about scatter or anything. Mm. But this just says that when a unit fires every model that can shoot, it must shoot. What's that section that it's in, Garrett? Uh, that is in the measure, the range, and open fire. So page 51, uh, it's near target reacts. It's in the shooting section. Yep. I think I got it. Where are we? Uh, it prefaces that by saying every weapon in the game has a maximum range at which it can fire effectively. You know, for example, a rifle can shoot 24. And then it goes to say that... Yeah. Every model that can draw a line of fire. But then that is contravened by the declare target section at the beginning of the shooting um, chapter. Yep. When a unit opens fire, only those models that can draw a clear line of fire to their target actually shoot. Any models unable to shoot will not fire, for example, because they either can't see a target or because their weapons are out of range. Love it. Well done. Good work. There you go. So happy, one all. happy to be wrong. Happy to be wrong. Right. So the implication about that then seems to be if you do not want to take the uh, flame of fuel check, you have to make sure that there is something in between the flamer model in the conga line and the rest of the gun line when you fire. Or be out of range. Or be out of range. Yes. Yep. 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 Cool. Thank you. Happy to be wrong. All right, ne next one. What on, Ari? Oh, I mean, you all know the answer to this, but I thought it was useful to include uh, because I didn't know this uh, until you discussed it in the Bacon Burger chat, uh, which was you've got your Flak 88 plus 7 gun. Yeah. You fire at your truck. Yeah. It's got its armor 6. Yep. Mm. Is it an auto pen? No, no, because a roll of one is always a failure. One, a roll of one is always a fucking fail. Well done, boys. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I'm fairly certain that was a new change from V1 because they introduced it for shooting as well because auto-hitting finished snipers were ridiculous. That was a thing. Uh, two of them, it was great. <laughs> you can Come find that on page, page 107 of the rulebook uh, if you want to check that one out. But yes, thank you very much, guys. Good job. All right. We're on to assaulting. Everyone's favorite delicious clusterfuck of information and i think he loves to assault it's his favorite thing yeah they call him master salt and pepper <laughs> master <sh> master shake <laughs> master shifu <laughs> <laughs> all right what is what the maximum distance that you can move if you assault over a linear obstacle when you start that turn with the majority of models touching it so what, you're hard up against the wall? Hard up against the wall, and you want to assault? You've got your majority of models touching that? We've always played it that you move, that you, you jump over, you can move your full 12 inches. But you're asking this question, so I'm almost thinking it's only six. It's six. It's six. You've, you've crossed a barrier. It's, yeah. it's six, and not only that, you get shot as you come in. Well, if, they decide, to, if they decide to do reactionary fire. 
Why would yeah. you not? Why would you not? Well, well, reactionary fire. They're meant to take it from where you where you start your your movement from. So if you're behind that obstacle, then they they shoot you before you jump over the obstacle. If you're in a house and you're running out of the house to assault them, then they for some strange reason the mechanic changes and they shoot you as you walk out the door. Garrett did that to me once with a tank. It was fucking horrible. But yeah, that is how the rule works. Yeah, JL, you got it. Yeah, you you. It's rough ground. It's a linear obstacle. Um, yeah, six. Page Harry 79. didn't answer, so that is a zero. <laughs> Sitting right there. Defensive, defensive position, top secret bullshit subsection. Again, like, this is stuff that, you know, it's a top tank secret, player... Harry. Yeah, what it is. Yeah, but the problem is, like, most people flicking through a rule book don't take the time to read those sections. Once again, Warlord fucks up. Like, this is a layout problem. It Less diagrams, layout. more fucking words. On, on it is a layout note, On a side note, the um, getting shot as you come out the door does make sense. Doors are known as fatal funnels for a reason. Um, having done room clearance and door breaching, that is your most vulnerable time is when you're coming out that door. So if I'm sitting there and I know the enemy are in a building, and I've got some nice hefty automatic weapons, and I hear the old "ooh" coming out. That's <laughs> where all my off. fire. That is where all my fire is going. From the moment I hear the uh, the old uh, "for the motherland" yell, mm. because I know they're coming through that door. So that one actually does make some sense in a real mm. world setting. Mm. In a real world application, you have no business here. Real world, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Interesting. Okay. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. More assaulting. So, you've got an enemy in front of you. You've got a unit. You're ready to assault. Um, the enemy's in open ground. Mm -hmm. Between the two of you is rough ground. A field. No. No. Whatever. Six inches. Six inches. I mean, that's it. Well, hang on. So, there is an indirect. So, the enemy's further than six away through that direct path, mm. but there's an indirect path around that, which is 11 inches. You go straight. No, it's got to be direct. Straight. Got to be direct. Ari? The it way... out of that rule book, mate. Stop the cheating. The rule I have always played has Not always cheating. Been, you know that's an open book test. It has to be by the shortest linear distance, and it has to be directly through... So therefore, I mean, rough ground, yeah, that would minimize your movement, but then throw in the variable of the Mountaineers rule. But that's not, let's just say, standard okay, units. Okay, for argument's sake. Enemies further units. than six, but you can whip around the side in open ground. I'm saying you can whip around the side. Oh, you've changed your answer. No, I never made. I never. I never gave an answer. Okay. I never said it was. I just said it was six inches. If you're going through rough ground, you sure. said there's more to it, and I'm like, okay, okay I'll be quiet. Right. Rubes and Rubes and JL have said you have got to do it straight. I believe you can run around. Yeah, you can. You can snake around. I believe you can do it. Okay. However, we get into some weird things. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's got to be the shortest distance, and if that takes you through rough ground, then. Sorry, suck shit and eat reactionary fire. Hang on a sec, just sneaky, go. Yeah, but what happens if one model of that unit can 
reach assault without passing through that um, rough ground, but others have to. Touch yeah, you're. Yeah, you're. 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 You're delving into a into a an, a, an obtuse interaction. Let's know, let's find that point. You're, Wait, you're fine. You're, you're, he's right in that if you've got one model that can, you didn't, the closest, you didn't specify that no, 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 no. I'm just that. saying as a subsection and yeah, yeah, answering sure. his specific question, yep. if that one model is your closest mm. model, then you're okay. But going back to the original, yes, you can. You can go around the outside, around the outside. Okay, so that's a zero for Hari and another one for me. It's not looking good for Hari. You can find that oh, page really? one you can, you can, so you can of do the like errata. Yes. Yeah, you can. Yes. It's, yep. So taken from the errata, if the target unit is more than six away and the assaulting unit could move up to 12 and reach its target by going around rough ground. Oh, or it's, in the it's in an errata. Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You got all the errata. The assault yeah. is allowed, although defensive positions still apply. Okay. Yeah, good old Arata. Fucking shit up. Because, you know, what I, I don't fuck happened to allow that to be altered? Tristan's okay. getting his pyro. <laughs> He's a happy boy. <laughs> He's just getting everything right. Fucking hell. Okay. Uh-huh. 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 I'm nearly done. The suffering's nearly over. You can stop listening to me very shortly. This is just me relishing in my teacher. My teacher role. I'm loving it. All right. Two more questions. Come on, let's go. Yeah, two more questions. On, he's, a, he's a lolly. Here we go. Okay. Tristan and I ran into this in our last game. Can an officer boost a unit's morale over their initial morale? Yes. To a maximum of uh, 10. Yeah. Maximum 10. Mm. National rules allow you to go over your maximum morale, so... Uh, only, only the fins. Yeah, but it then follows that an officer is allowed... Can, yeah, an officer can do it. Yeah, yep. to a maximum of 12. Yeah. And if you say otherwise, Garrett, you cheated in that game and you shouldn't have won. I don't think you won so, anyway. So there's a maximum. Some some have said 10, 10, some have said 12. What is it? Uh, the standard cap is 10, but the maximum that it can be boosted over is 12. No, not, not correct. 14. 20. Take a major or a captain. Veterans. Uh, Although, why you're going to need to boost them up that fucking high, I have no yeah. idea. But um, yeah, unless you've got a Japanese whore that you're expecting to get pinned to the absolute shit. But that's an interesting. Hey, well, that's an interesting interaction. If you take well, what's high, the captain or the major? It's the major, isn't it? Major. Major's plus four. So you got a veteran squad with one pin. Yeah. And you got the major there. He's plus four. Yeah. So what? You're nine, ten, eleven. No, 12, if you're a veteran, 13. you're ten. Yeah, but you got one pin. That's a yeah. nine, yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13. Auto so you need a thirteen pass. on two dice. Is that an auto pass? You don't even roll. There's no order. There's no auto pass. We've, we've been through that. Oh, so JL, what, what do you reckon, mate? What's is there a max? Um, look, I think this is such an edge case, but um, in the same way that there is no auto hit. I would say that there is no auto pass either. No, it's not. It's not the question he's asking. Is that can you? You know, what's the highest that your morale can tap out at? Yeah, I know. I honestly, like... never, I've honestly never considered that because I've never considered that taking a senior officer is any way worth. Oh, it's a fucking yeah. tactic. Well, I, well, I hate it. It doesn't have to. You take a first lieutenant plus two. Your vet's got one pin. Your example, Tristan. Yeah. Do, does the vet squad go to eleven? Yes, or... it does. 
I mean, that's the way I've always played it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Highest morale value is always 10, regardless of any bonuses that apply. Page Roofs. Roofs. Suck it. Suck yes. Roofs. No, on hang on, because that mm. was contradicted by another errata from about oh, okay. three years ago. Okay. Where it made an exception for things like the Finnish national rules mm. boosting their morale. Okay. Whereby, if okay. a veteran so if you have a veteran squad of eight CC, you lose four of them. They then go. They're already super at ten. Mm. They then become they super vets, going to eleven. Mm. If you could find that for me, brilliant. Um, yeah, if I could, keyword if. Yeah. Otherwise, you max at ten, buddy boy. Um, How I many? Okay, okay. Because otherwise, you just end up with unstoppable. Right, super yeah. morale. Well, no, yeah. no. I'll, I'll tell you this now. So, if you have a regular Japanese squad, mm. how many pins do you need to put on that squad to take them out of the game? You can't, right? Incorrect. How many pins do you need to take a regular Japanese squad out of the game? Ten. Correct. Well done. You've got to equal their morale value and then go one further. One is that just Japanese, or is that all? Uh, fanatics, I believe. So fanatics are pretty fucking tasty. Yeah. yeah. Follow-up question. So we're going... Oh, no, no, no. I, you... I, found the, I found the fin thing. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go on. Go on. Special, yeah. special rules always trump core rules. So the Finnish veterans in Sisu ah, so make yeah. the exception and have morale 11, as stated. So... Okay, then it becomes, do you classify the officer's morale bonus as a special rule? No, it's a core rule. It's a yeah. core rule. It's a core yeah, rule so that for it yeah, we're getting zero on that. No, nah, zero mm. each. Yeah. All right, last question. Hey, oh, I've yep. got a point. I'm doing more, I've got more points than Hari at this point. Hey, you're going to run CanCon, mate. Fantastic. All right, last question. Hit, hit, hit that, Hari, we're out. Rubes is stepping okay, cool. up. We're all good. Done. Done. We're all good. <laughs> I can take the summer off. Yeah. <laughs> Work on your Oh, we can actually play. Saying, again, I've, um, I've got more points than Harry. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Killing it. So, Rubes, can spotters claim ob objectives? No. Negatory. Harry? That is a definite no. Spotters and medics cannot claim objectives. Spotters and medics? Yeah, medics can't claim. How about Kale? chaplains? Can chaplains claim? No. No, yeah. I don't think so. Nope, nor can they assault. Unless yeah. there's a pissed off Irishman with a bottle of whiskey going, come on, you bastards, I'll have you. <laughs> yeah, you're all correct. Got a right at page one. Um, spotters cannot claim. Mm. All right, final scores for the uh, TOs of CanCon 2023. With six points, Mr. Harry Turner. With eight points, Mr. Tristan White. Ah! Yeah, the crowd goes wild. See, here's the thing. You say the crowd goes wild, but every time you did that, your mic went dead. Oh, yeah, no, it does. Anytime I go, like, high, <laughs> high volume. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, just, I like that. it's just nothing. There's just a visual of Tristan pursing his lips. <laughs> yeah. I've got a bonus question if you're interested, too. Yeah, go on, go on. Tristan, you can't involve yourself in this, okay? Oh. This is a this is a discussion because I don't I'm know. Curious. I'm going to enjoy cornship. I have vested interest here. Okay, so you have a mortar behind a building. Mm -hmm. 
sniper gets taken out. Sorry, the spotter gets taken out. Yeah. That building <laughs> has a window, one side, the other side. Yep. The mortar can draw line of sight through that window to an enemy squad. Can they shoot? I know why this came up. <laughs> He's going to try and fucking rumble me because we rolled a dice for it. I mean... Yeah, go on. Right, are we talking about a building or a ruin? A foreground building. A foreground building. It's a foreground building, building with yep. windows. Building. Yep. Building. Okay. Intact no. Building. If that was a ruin, I would say yes. If it's a building, I would say no. Why is that? If you could draw a line of sight through it, because there's a window at the front, a window at the back, and you can see straight through it. Why can't you do it? I'm going to say yes because true line of sight. If true you can draw a line of sight through the building yep. to a unit on the other side. That's grounds. That's grounds for firing. Yep. Yeah, but you grounds for firing, you Garrett. That's from the TO account. Can, 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 can you be shot then? Doing flipping this the other yeah. way around. Yeah, if we allowed. A sniper is trying to shoot you through a building, and there's a window there and a window there, but the building is intact. I had never played it that way. I I had always said that. If you can draw a line of sight, bump of. Mm. If you can draw a line of sight, the sniper's taking the shot. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Get weird things about can he draw a line of sight if he is on an elevation where uh, he can't do it? Because we get into that weird thing we talked about before about the 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 cone of silence that extends uh, right up into the stratosphere. See, I mean, th this is th these are like weird edge cases about where they haven't thought out. Uh -huh. the level of abstraction involved in terrain and I mean, interactions with... I agree. They are weird edge cases, but they're also weird edge cases that Tristan and I are definitely probably, more than likely, possibly, you know, plausibly going to have to field at CanCon. Okay. Well, so let's imagine this then, right? So your sniper is in a third-story building, yeah, and your mortar team is behind a single-story building, and the um, windows are both on the third story, uh, on the on the same story, right? If you've mm -hmm. got a laser pointer and pointed from the third story through that first window, it's going to yeah. be going into the floor. Yeah, well, no, you it? can't but see you it. Can't... It's, you've got to be able yeah. to draw a line of sight. Yeah. What you're, what, what you're describing. This applies in some instances and then completely different rules appear to... I mean, okay, no, so, I so, Garrett, in the instance that you provided us with, yes. the building was on level ground, mm -hmm. the windows were both on the same floor, yep. the mortar could see through it, yep. to the other side, to the unit yep. on the other side, the unit presumably could see through that window, through the other window, to the mortar team. That, to me, from a player perspective and a TO perspective, reads as a clear line of sight Therefore, my ruling in an event would be, yes, you can take that shot. You made me roll a dice for nothing, you fucking prick. <laughs> I just didn't like it, all right? That's why. I don't give a shit. You fucking, you can like it or not like it at the end of the day. Fucking... Look, if it had been, okay, if it was something along the lines of one of my Raffermen can see, you know, the epaulette on yeah, yeah. the yeah. model... Then absolutely not. That's bullshit, and you you're arguing what, that. Are there, are there internal walls within this building? No, there wasn't. 
Sneaky, I get muffled. Sneaky, my mortar. How do you how do you know this? If it's just a shell of a MDF building. Because it was right? a foreground building, I was able to look through the bottom floor, straight through, and see him in the mm -hmm. distance. It wasn't like I could just see his hand or some shit. I could see his models. No, sure. you could see but the when building. When you're dealing with like El Chipo buildings that are just a shell. Mm. Uh, well, I, then, I, well then, I mean, well then, sneaky. You should have a You should have a conversation with your uh, opponent yeah. right at the I game starting, and you can avoid a lot of this ridiculous edge cases. That yeah, um, we can blame the fucking ginger. Yeah. Look, I, I, I had, I had honestly never considered that because I stay the fuck away from buildings that aren't ruins. I, I don't mm. have anything to do with them <laughs> because they just invite high explosive fire. Of course, but yeah. this isn't even in a building. This is through a building. Yeah, I mean, through a building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this well, is I also... I was to say that you can fire through a wooden building, apparently. Somebody... Uh, what? In, in, somebody tried to, uh, to, to say that uh, if there was X amount of um, your squad that was visible outside of it, and it was a wooden building, that um, the squad would get hard cover, but they could still be hit... Hang on, you can't be in it. You can't be in and out of a building. You're either in the building, no, or yeah. the building. behind behind it. But oh, okay. if it's a wooden building and it's a um, uh, high heavy machine gun, or, or yeah, um, what what they're going on about there, I understand why they've tried to make that case, but it's not the case. Um, like traditionally, soft cover is something that just obscures you. Hard cover is something that stops a bullet. And they're like, well, a timber building would not stop a bullet, so therefore it's soft cover. I should be able to shoot you. I don't agree with that, though. If you buy a building mm. as a building, no. like, there's a lot more going on than just yeah. like, oh, it's a, you know, it's it's not like, you know, you, you're coming across like, a plywood shack. Yeah. I mean, okay. I a 50 cal that. round could probably punch through a wooden, couldn't would punch through a wooden wall. That's not to say it wouldn't encounter something within that space internally mm. that yep. would stop it. So. The idea that a 50 cal round is going to go through one wall, encounter nothing impeding its progress, go out the other wall, and nail the guy on the other side, I'm sorry, that's bullshit. Yeah. If you're firing through an open window to another open window, that's a different scenario altogether. Mm. Like, I can, again, like Tristan, I can see why they've made that argument, but I can also see that it's got more holes in a colander. So, yeah, I would be. I would be quite happy to sort of say, "Listen, mate, uh, no, sorry." Yeah, yeah. I, I've always just treated. Look, if it's an intact building, it is a solid lump. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The windows and doors are there for decorative purposes, but if we're talking about things that are behind it, mm. it, it just counts as a solid lump of of terrain. Um, I was I was with you, JL. That's how I'd always played them too. And then Sneaky gets over here, tries to pull a fast one on me, and tries to lob a shot through a, a, crack, <laughs> a crack the size of a thumbnail. Look at innocent surprise. You know, think, things things we learn. Yeah, things we learn indeed. Mm. Fucking, please explain to me how your medium howitzer made it on top of a fucking building without a crane. Helicopter lift, mate. Right? Helicopter, yeah, in World yeah. War Two. That's a good trick. That's a real right. good trick. Riddle, riddle me this then. Riddle me this then in, in terms of that, right? Pretty if that cool. was a ruin rather than an intact building and the yeah. window was still in the same place but the rest of the building is now a ruin, you get cover firing across that in a way that you don't if no. you're... What? No, ruins that count as dense terrain, therefore you have no line of sight through them at all, unless you're in them. 
So that that's right. So you could not do that same thing about going, oh, I can see you through the kitchen window. Correct. Right. So the even though there is actually less of the building there, yes. you actually get more. <laughs> no, but the idea is if it's a ruin, like it's, you know, there's smoke and dust and, you know, bits of fucking shit in the way and yada, yada, yada. Like you got to remember, like it's like, you know, a building is an intact piece of, you know, whatever. Whereas, you know, the other one's got, you know, like, yeah, there's, there are other mitigating factors, like, yeah, like smoke and dust. Either, either, I think well, we're it's, sort of... It's this bizarre thing. Like I say, it, it is about not thinking through the level of ex- abstraction involved. Yeah, but I'd, I'd, I'd almost... It should be done. I'd almost back Warlord on that one in the sense that, I mean, how many weird different interactions are you actually going to account for? And write into your rule system before you just become like you just it just becomes so fucking well. This is what you do in this situation. This is what you do in this situation. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You... But why why not just go if there's something in the way you get cover, or or, or if it's if it's a because that's it, that's that's too that's too black and white. It doesn't allow for any nuance. Like at the end of the day, if they put in every single fucking you know weird I interaction, mean, the rule book would be the size of a fucking phone book. You'd never get through yeah. it. Alternatively, like, if you just if you if you simplified it, I understand why it's a good idea to simplify it, and I, I, I agree with you in principle. But also, like I said, I think this is a game that works because of you know the little funny interactions and nuance that you get out of it, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you'll get a good story out of that, sure. such and as you know, bringing gonna, up some weird interaction what, on a podcast and making people argue yeah. about it. Justin, what we're going to get though, right? The the fact that we are having this discussion, he's loving this to, to to one degree or another. We we are quite reasonable people. Are we? I'm reasonable. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> be real. Yeah. Um, look, we as, as the game grows, the the tendency of a lot of people who are war gamers is to find the edge cases and break the game for advantage, right? Mm. And unless the rules are written tightly like that, this this is a tendency that that is absolutely prevalent. And they're not writing the rules to be tight in that way that just stops it happening. You I agree. Know? So it's it's neither fish nor fowl in that respect. Um, it's opening all this space up for um, arguments, exactly as we, we've seen by... You know, and these are pretty... pretty uh, um, vanilla Vanilla oh. examples mm. of how weird you could get about trying to break the game. Oh, this is... Yeah, this is... Yeah, I, there, are, there are interactions... I've spoken to Pete from the Juggernaut about this a few times. It's like, you know, you, you think about some of the weird interactions that you come across. But this is also why um, the people who write the rules, uh, you know, sort of, they're not really going to understand what, what they're writing because they're not going to come across this because they're not going to play the same number of games that we all play. I mean, Garrett and I alone, I mean, I, I play Garrett more than, I played I play games of bolt action against Garrett more than I've played against, you know, total games against the three others. And yeah. we've come across some really weird, wild shit where it's like, well, what the fuck happens here? And, like, and not on purpose. I'm trying to no, game it or 100%. anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just you come across something, you go, yeah. what happens in this but, but situation? But Warlord's, Warlord's general attitude seems to be, oh, just roll a dice like gentlemen because you're you're playing at your club and that's all well and good. And look, and that's that's absolutely fine, but that's pre presupposing a particular context in which the games are being played, right? Um, which is very much how things work in the UK, and that's great because mm. that's what they see. Um, they don't see this 
uh, scenario, particularly that happens in the, the US, where you only get to play once every two months, but you're playing six games in two days, and you really want a tight rule set that is meant to be pick-up games, play against all comers, no rules ambiguity, uh, tournament games. The old sort of privateer press uh, paradigm about that, right? It's a mm. club game that we're pushing into tournament play. Sure. Uh, and we, we are running up against the boundaries of that, as I think this, this conversation shows. If you want to break it, you can. And it doesn't... Oh, yeah, but I mean, that's... I mean, <laughs> Robin, Robin and I have this argument con, uh, consistently. You know, Robin will quite happily argue until the cows come home that bolt action is an unbalanced game. I disagree completely. I think bolt action is as balanced as the two people playing it. I think if you want to break it, you can do that. If you want to fucking play it true, you can play it true. Like it's it's pretty adaptable to however you would like to to, to run it. But well, I have yeah, the I answer to this problem, which is page forty six. I thought you had Twilight um, Struggle. Well, it is an amazingly... No, it's not balanced at all. But um, but some players are happy to treat buildings as impassable in order to simplify matters. This is up to the players to decide for themselves. Well, look at that. Case, free game etiquette. Closed. There you go. Yeah, Everything comes in full circles, right? Start at the mm, beginning. Absolutely. Yep. All right, let's move on. All right, moving on. Moving along, I guess. That's that's probably a good segue into uh, our next... Segway. Segway. I'd love to see. I'd love to see you on a Segway with a fair sneaky. That would make me <laughs> yeah. a fucking yeah. The flying Dutchman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so one of the things we were we were going to uh, talk about today, because uh, many of us have done it recently, um, is what the hell do you do when you have to move house and you've got a shitload of miniatures, painting stuff, printers, books. Rada, rada, rada. How do you do this in such a way that your shit doesn't get damaged and you don't go insane trying to unpack it at the other end and I suppose pack it up at the original end? Um, what do we reckon? How have, how have we done with this? What? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in straight away. The biggest tip that I will have to you is that if you are gonna move your hobby shit, do not get your little brother to come and help you because he almost fucking handled my shit like a like a fucking Drop punt football. I shouldn't lie. He was all right. He was all good. I mean, he only broke like fucking 16 models, but it was fine. Um, in the height of all seriousness, just pack your shit like fastidiously. Um, what, what I thought of was, right, um, I, I don't know what, what, what you guys are like. I, I have a couple of army cases, right, enough to transport maybe three armies, but I've got a shitload more stuff than that. So, the stuff that could be packed into the foam trays was, and then you left thinking, Jesus Christ, what am I going to do with the rest of this? Um, so, Rubes, what did what did you do? How did you uh, handle that one? Um, so, I basically went down the line of... Um, it depends on how you um, store your miniatures pre-move as well. So, if you're someone who's got army trays or cases and that's how you keep your miniatures that's that's fine that works really well um if you like to put everything out on your shelf that's a whole nother uh, kettle of fish so i'm in the latter um camp where i like to put especially my painted stuff out on shelves um first thing i can say is start 
early and plan early. So if you know that you're going to be moving, say, in three months' time, start now, especially if you've got a big collection. Yep. Um, I started with my move, and I moved, oh, it's a good three-hour drive between, uh, or more, actually, between uh, locations, um, and I moved my entire collection via car. Um, so the plan was not to pack it into the moving truck because... Uh, goes back to Tristan's earlier comment about Minch is being treated like a um, football getting punted from goal to goal. Um, my plan was to move them myself, so I'd be quite happy that they'll come out the other side relatively unscathed. Um, so I started planning, first of all, what my um, transport capacity was, how many I could put into um, into uh, cases, um, what cases I had, um, cause I had a mixture of different varieties, um, and what was most fragile. So what was most fragile went into the cases first and foremost. Um, and from there I moved on to, uh, 60 litre tubs with, um, with bubble wrap, um, and quite extensive bubble wrap, um, so that miniatures weren't actually touching each other to avoid chipping and scratching. Um, Good idea. So, but that that whole process started nice and early. Um, so with the plan move from Packenham to Bendigo, um, I would say so we moved in December. As early as October, I was already starting to organise and, and pack up armies. Yeah. So I'm 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 kind of in the same boat there because we sold our house. All my hobby shit had to be packed up, so I was packed months before we moved. Like I had no hobby output at all months before we moved because it was like you got to pack all your shit up so we can actually have like photos taken and this, that, and the other. Um, which is quite far removed from how Garrett did it, where he just stuffed all his stuff in a, in a garbage bin and a garbage bag, threw it in the back of the old the dirty old Magna, and just you know drove out to Endeavour Hills and happy days. Isn't that right, mate? That's hundred percent right. Like, why would you do anything differently? You know that you just pour everything into a tray, and you just shit gets together, and you chip paint and break, you know, bayonets and yeah. whatever. You, you fix it. It's it's a project. And then at the other end, you just glue it all back together, and you got a 100%. brand new army. Yeah, good. exactly right. The Frankenstein with like three arms and like googly yeah. heads and shit. Yeah. Sneaky, well, how did you handle it? Well, I I was lucky. Uh, so like like. Um... Like Ruben, uh, you know, I, I had my stuff out in the glass glass cases. Um, you know, there was some stuff that lived in permanently in in uh, cases, which were uh, largely like fifteen millimeter stuff and whatever. But uh, I just got a whole bunch of uh, shoe boxes. Um, I, I had some kind of plastic uh, two liter small tray tubs sort of those very useful boxes sort of things. I uh, went down to Officeworks and bought a lot of those uh, archive boxes, archive storage boxes, uh, because I was only moving 10 minutes down the road. You know, and I was like, no, I'm not letting the removalists get their paws on this. Uh, mm. So I uh, tried to get the people that were helping us move outside of the furniture and whatever to... to help us do that first and just put it safely into a car out of the way uh, so that no one else could get in there. Uh, Similarly with the paints, I was like, okay, the great big, you know, those boxes you get when you you buy like a tray of vegetables from the markets. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all of the paints in there, but in the same order as they came off the racks. So, oh, you've gone way too far now. That's fucking. Yeah, so it actually unpacking that at the other end wasn't too bad. No, because all of the reds were together, all of the blues, purples, whatever, whatever that goes. Um, look, I I did. There was some minor damage. Um, one of the uh, uh, oh, the King Tiger lost his barrel. Um, I'll be able to glue that back together without not, too much. Not Tiger King. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and Carol Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to financially recover. From this. <laughs> it's a sneaky. We'll never financially recover from this. Um, look, it wasn't too bad, but I'm still much like with you know, I had to move a lot of books, a lot of records, a lot of CDs as well. And much like with the miniatures, I'm still thinking there's little bits of it that have gotten mixed up with something else, and they're they're somewhere else. Um, I was really quite worried for a little while. Um, this is probably overkill about having my my paints out in the garage when it's the a really cold winter, but it's not a cold winter by Michigan standards or Norway standards or something like that. But yeah, it can fuck up your paints uh, if if the temperature is jumping around all over the place. All right. Um, I did did also take take it as an opportunity to. Uh, audit the paints and go, look, if this has got half a centimetre down in the bottom of it... Fuck it off. Yeah. No, I did the same thing. You're dead. You're dead out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Get get rid of you. I I have noticed that um, down here because, I mean, back at my old house, I would generally paint inside the house and I had, like, you know, a heater set up in there. It was all good. I'm now, you know, I'm set up in my garage and I've got much more space, but heating this is actually... And then, you know, my paint as well. I found that during summer... If I opened up my paint bottles, the paint had come fucking splooging out because it had expanded. And now that, you know, during winter, it's actually hard to get it out of the bottle because it's so... Like, I mean, currently... How bad is it down here at the moment? It is currently... It's a balmy 10 degrees, but I think with the wind chill factor, it brings it down to about 6 or 7. But it's it's properly cold down here now, and the paint does not enjoy it. No, that's, that's right. And that was why I was mentioning before, you know, like, um, I will have to build some kind of insulation uh, thing for the printers when they live out in the in the garage. Um, mm. Yeah, look, oh, really on the whole, look, it was it was a massive head fuck to to move all the stuff, but I was quite happy with the fact that not too much stuff got broken. That is a big thing. As soon as you start moving, like I remember when I was packing up all my stuff, and it was like all this just this random shit that I had. I was like, oh, God, you know, I hope this survives. I hope this survives. And even stuff like I've got a, a trophy that Andy Brownrig made uh, for when I came second at Moab. And that's like a, I mean, I think a couple of you guys have seen that. It's quite a large trophy with like a little diorama on the top. And I'm really fond of it because it's a really beautiful trophy. It doesn't, it's not like I'm like, oh, my God, I came second. It's like the, the work and the effort that went into this trophy is fucking amazing on Andy's behalf. And I was I was genuinely worried about that because I thought, oh, I don't want the trees to break or anything like that. But as long as you take the time and the effort and, you know, you kind of, you know, a bit fastidious and a bit anally retentive, I think you'd be all right. Yeah. And so I think it's also a case of looking at your, your resources. So I don't, I don't know if uh, out there in listener land you, you have a, uh, a significant other that likes shoes as much as mine does, but it uh, <laughs> gives you a lot of very useful little boxes that you can pack stuff up into and uh, um 
you know, if you're not going too far and you're, you're not really letting it out of your sight when you're moving it, it's not going to get fucked up too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to move three hours with that kind of packing arrangement. But, um, yep. yeah, and if I was going to do that, I would, as you guys have said, be a, be a lot more fastidious about it. Um, one one the thing other... I would... Um, one thing I'd also recommend is if, along with planning early, um, plan also around um, hobby time. So moving can be quite a stressful time. Um, I would recommend sitting at a small hobby kit. Um, maybe it's a small box, uh, something you'd chuck a couple of paints, clippers, glue, maybe a box of miniatures or a tank model. Something you can do in your downtime too as a bit of a... Um, de-stress or an unwind um, so you can still keep your hobby mojo flowing throughout that move I know yeah. when I was moving um, I was some days I was potentially doing two trips um, one to my new house which was a seven hour round trip including unpacking um, and then I would reload the car and do a trip to my parents place which is about an hour from here and that was a five-hour round trip. Um, so potentially 12 hours a day on the road. Uh, it gets quite tiring and stressful. And as my hobby room diminished, it kind of, um, you know, the stress built up and I didn't have that outlet. So, yeah, make sure you've got something small that's portable um, that you can leave to the last minute to take with you. Um, just yeah, as a, I, as a I, I would almost uh, say, you know, Put your your core stuff, so your paintbrushes, your clippers, your just your your very basic stuff. Even if it's not your paint, put it in a box that's clearly marked as like, this is the core shit right here. Absolutely, do not lose this box. Um, mm. Yeah, because we 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 are now three weeks into the new place, and uh, there are st- there's still stuff that is in the black hole of the garage. <laughs> That I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to, to get out there. So, um, yeah, that was I like I've been I've been in my new house nearly a year now, and I think only about two or three weeks ago did we finally finish emptying all the boxes. And even then, um, we've still got a couple yeah. of things under the under the under the couch where I'm like, you know what, I'm happy to leave that there. It's you know it's safe, it's secure. But I don't need to get that out just yet. On the flip side, yeah. it's also a nice little surprise. Like I've got multiple uh, tubs. Of Panthers, tubs, tubs, <laughs> tubs, full of. You, uh, we, we want no trouble here. <laughs> it's not and, a tub. Um, every now and then, like I'll, I'll go through them and try to clear them so I can clear the mighty wall of tubs, and I can actually let sunlight in that window again. Um, and I'm finding stuff that either I forgot I had, or I'm like, oh, I like, remember I have that. Um, and it's a nice little surprise from time to time to come across. Yeah, gem. I'm hearing you. The, the other thing that you're another one of my it seems to be the season for this another one of my close friends has moved house not long ago and we were talking about this recently about you know do you keep once you're about a month in do you keep the pressure on or do you let yourself relax and just go oh, i'm fucking sick of boxes now whatever um, uh, i i think i relaxed about two days after i moved in and at that point i was just like i don't give a fuck anymore i'm just gonna do this at my own leisure yeah don't yeah. But, but then you, know, you never get, you never reclaim that space. That, that yeah, but the whole idea is you just chip away at it slowly. You don't you, you don't go nuts on it. I mean, you know, we, we we did this, did this, we got set up. 
But then it wasn't like there was this mad rush to unpack everything. It was like, yeah, yeah. we can do this. I mean, I mean my, my hobby area took months because I had to build it. I had to like, you know, you know, put a wall in the back of my fucking garage and go and get timber for desks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It was months. And in that whole time, like the shit just sits out here and it's got to be moved and yada, yada. That's, that's the thing though. The, the, the packing and having to move is the stressful part. The unpacking, while it can be stressful, especially from a hobby perspective, may not be such a big rush. I mean, you're going to have other priorities no. of, you know, yeah. setting up the bed, setting up the kitchen so you can eat. Sure. We're, we're, not, uh, talking about, we're not talking about in week one or two, but by, by six months in or three months in, you know, the, the risk that you run is that um, the rubble of shit packed up in boxes becomes the landscape and you just deal with it and that's that's just... Nah, it's, no, we, no, we, yeah, we, yeah, I don't know, it's, it's a weird one. So, like, I, I, I talk to people I know and they're like, I was talking about like uh, unpacking and recataloging all the records and CDs and all and heaps of them have got, oh, all my shit's been in the garage since the last two moves that I did. I'm like, See, at that do, stage, it, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yes. at that stage, like right before we moved, I think we got a 12 cubic meter skip. Nikki and I went through the whole house, and it was just like, right, have I looked at this in the last two years? No, nah, in the bin. I don't give yeah. a fuck. I'm not getting sentimental. Yeah, um, and you can get really trapped in this idea about, oh, but I could sell it. No, so, fuck that. Nope. No, it takes yeah. more energy to do that. Give it away. Give it to someone. Yeah, hundred percent. Could not agree more. You know, I mean, there, there was stuff I gave away. There was stuff I got rid of. There was stuff that we, you know, I think Garrett got a bit of shit out of me. But yeah, other than that, it was just like, nah, fucking, I'm, I'm done. I don't need this anymore. And I, I, I gave away so much terrain that I was like, look, this doesn't really suit what I'm using it for. It's good mm. stuff and whatever. I was like, guys from the club, yeah, cool. Take this, pay it, pay it forward later. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it's good later. This is going to a good home. Um, yeah, I don't want to move it. I don't want to warehouse it. I don't want to nah. store it. It's been under my desk or in the storage cage for years. You take it. So I think we can basically sum this up by, you know, if you're going to plan, a, if you're going to do a successful move, just plan. Uh, just yeah, plan your move out, get onto it early, get your hobby shit packed up, you know, dedicate some time to actually packing it you know, safely, you know, storing the stuff until you're ready to move on the day. And then when you're ready to move on the day, if it's something you're particularly, you know, sort of um, stressed out about, then, you know, make sure that you're the one to handle that box and get it sorted and, you know, don't leave it in the hands of someone who is maybe a little bit, you know, heavy-handed, perhaps. Mark your boxes as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One other thing I'd suggest, and not everyone has this luxury, I suppose, but if you know someone that's maybe got some temporary storage space, um, so I was lucky enough, my parents had a, a spare room where I was able to store um, some of the boxes and that. So before we got the new place, I was already clearing out uh, my old hobby space um, to to make a bit of room. Um, so if you do have a, a mate or a family member that may have a, a corner of the garage or corner of the house that might be able to stack some boxes, and you mm. do want to get that stuff sorted early. Um, and having done a move where I tried to condense 16 Billy bookshelves worth of miniatures into boxes and tubs mm. on a very rapid move, that can be quite stressful. Um, mm. In that particular case, I hadn't planned it far enough ahead and I hadn't uh, pushed hard enough. And some of the moves, I was literally pulling the shelf off of the actual unit 
setting it very carefully on my back seat and driving with a shelf with miniatures sitting on it. So that's something you want to avoid. Um, Fuck yeah, that sounds stressful. You yeah, need that. it was. Yeah. Luckily, I, I, a lot of my... You, um, you, got, you guys have cars. Painted. You guys have cars. You're really lucky about that. We had to do this whole move without owning our own car. Yeah, yep. So if, if you're in that boat, again, it comes down to, uh, I suppose, early planning of um, really uh, being efficient with your logistics and your, your moving. Yeah, what's, what's Agreed. That old, um, the old rear echelon saying is that, that the guns don't fire without supply or something. Bullets don't fly without supply. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, work out your logistics chain and, and use it to, to the best effectiveness that you can. Um, be it um, planning out what you're going to be using to moving with you know truck, van, car, friends, family, whatever, horse and cart, um, mm. or as I I actually did in not this move but the one before, I hand carted the entire household literally 200 meters, um, because we were only moving down a couple of units from a rental to one we purchased and. Mm. Uh, we said, oh, you know, we'll just start walking stuff back and forth. I think I did about 20 kilometers in two days, <laughs> um, carrying the entire household on uh, on a trolley in my back, which... Yeah, but your, yeah, but your calves looked amazing oh, after yeah. it, really. So <laughs> yeah. just... I, I can squat like 600 kilos after all that, but, you know... You, know, to, you need to squat, California, squat! <laughs> Come on! Do it! Listen to my whistle! I see that the squats have returned now. Indeed. Yes, they have. That's so funny that they've reverse squatted the squats. (laughs) All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us on a merry a merry a merry sojourn around the country. Around the world actually. Um, I'm just going to wrap up a couple of events because we are starting we are starting to run a bit late now, and I think there's um, Rubes has got to be up quite early, um, myself included. So um, we're going to run over some events quickly. Um, Brad, uh, the old man Moran of Cast Dice, is running Jump to Bolt Action, uh, Jump to Action, a Bolt Action event in Melbourne. It's um, Sunday the 25th of September, from uh, 10 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock at night. It's happening at 160 Marinda Highway in Ringwood. I think it's Games Portal. I think it's like, I can't remember how much it is to enter. Um, I paid entry. I, it's like 20 or 30 bucks or something. Uh, it's 911 points. I think there's four or five, uh, three or four games going on. Uh, it will be a heck of a lot of fun. It is new player focused. So, um, yeah, maybe don't uh, submit a French juggernaut, and you'll be just fine. But having said that, I know that uh, who would do that? Who would do something like that? Yeah, just who could possibly submit who, a French who juggernaut? Indeed, who indeed? Like, I didn't know Tofu was coming to this event. Um, but in the Hyde series, French. He, oh, I mean, you don't know a lot of things about him, so that's fair mm. um, So yeah, basically, um, uh, it has sold out, but it probably is worth if you do want to come along, and I suggest you do because it'll be a great event. Um, contact Brad and get on the wait list, um, just in case we get dropouts. Uh, next up, we have um, uh, Sudlich, which is um, 17th of December. That's at the Nixon Street Primary School, 60 Nixon Street in yeah, Devonport, Tassie. September, September, September. Yeah. 17th of September, apologies. Uh, it's three games, 30 bucks, um, 1,000 point theatre selectors. Um, no generic uh, reinforced platoons allowed. Um, yeah, if you want to come, make it work in a theatre selector, which I'm kind of cool with, you know. 
Um, it's uh, Sudlich. It's uh, being run by Russell the Love Muscle. Um, so it will be a fucking fantastic event. The terrain will be off its tits. The prize support will be amazing. And Russ is such a good dude. Like you, mm. if if you can get Heaven down to Tassie, I would. If I wasn't going to the UK, I'd be going. To, we'd all be going to Sudlich. It's as simple as that. Like that is, in my opinion, is probably one of the best events. Um, other than CanCon, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not just talking out my ass. It's, it's genuinely a fucking great event. Um, the last one I'm going to go over, uh, this is one for um, listeners in uh, uh, the UK. My camera's giving me all kinds of grief. Okay, so this is... Um, I'm not entirely certain whether this has actually got a name, but it's the Juggernaut event. Um, that is the 8th of October. It's 800 points, four rounds, Juggernaut format. Uh, it's 10 squid a ticket. It's at the Kirby Muxlow Church in Leicestershire. It is no longer a team event. It is a singles event. Um, we had uh, They had lack of um, ticket sales. A three-person event they felt was maybe um, sort of holding the event back a little bit. A uh, little bit hard to find, you know, three mates. They'd just feel just running a singles event would be good. Um, so uh, this is from TOEF directly. Come try it out. Competitive event, but more chill than you would think. Uh, prices include a blowjob from Trist. What? Hang on. <laughs> Mate, you got to read the fine print. That's fucking well. That's out there now, isn't it? <laughs> Shit. You know what's going to happen? Yeah, I know. Fucking, fucking polishing tofu acorn. It'd be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that will actually be a heck of a lot of fun. Um, come along because it's uh, like all the juggers are going to be there. I'm going to be there. Fucking Paul Walker's going to be there. Um, and we're just going to go throw dice and have a good time. So I'm well looking forward to that. I mean, that's just going to be fucking so much fun. So those are the three that I know about. Um, anyone, Hari, what do you got going on? We, uh, um, first weekend, we have yep. Operation Armor. A thousand points, two days, five games. Absolutely phenomenal gaming venue. It's held at the, Armor, the Australian Armor and Artillery Museum. Gonna jump in for a sec. Yep. Garrett, ask Hari what first, second, and third prize are for this event. Can I guess? Okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Hari, Hari, he's yep. he, did you say can I guess? Yeah, I said can I guess? Yeah, let him go. Guess. go for it. Okay. I'm guessing you get to ride in the tank. You are correct, but it goes one further. So yep. first, second, third, and best painted get a ride. In a vehicle of their choice, in the Grand Parade on the Sunday, excluding because I know that there's people out there going, "Yes, I'm going to get a ride in the Panther." No, you are not going to get a yeah, ride in the Panther. the Panther. No, those rides have been sold out. They went for two and a half thousand each. Let me ask you this though: What if you won Best Painted in first place? You get to ride Hari. <laughs> yes, that's out there. That's 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 a hundred percent. Hari, no, that is. Hell like, no. like, a, like a mule? Yeah, like a mule on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like flame him. Yeah, no, you're not right. Uh, what's Har- that? Um, up for grabs? What is that? Like a brand, a Stug? There's a, okay, there's a Stug Ford. There's. Hang on a second. Give me. There's a Firefly. No. That thing's a noisy bastard. Yeah, there is. I'm, I'm not lying. There is a firefly. Here's the other thing, though. If you're a husky gent like myself, and you maybe you've got a couple of pounds, um, you're going to be very selective about what you get into because some of those oh, are absolutely. not good. Absolutely. Yeah. But... I mean, Garrett can get into a Stuart. I can't. Okay. 
here's a list of what's running in the parade. These yep. are the World War Two vehicles. We have the Panther. Yep. We have the Hetzer. Yeah. Hetzer. We have Garrett. the 38T. Yeah. 20 mil flak half track. Yeah. Uh, if that's the one I'm thinking of, that is the only one. Hmm. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. What else we got? We got a Panzer 4D. We got a Panzer 4J. We got a Panzer 4G. We got a uh, Stug 4. We got a Jag Panzer 4. We've got a Kettenkrad. We've got a. Kettenkrad! Get a Kettenkrad! You'd love it! The rabbit? We've got a Zundap motorbike. You know, a little yep. motorcycle sidecar combo. We've got a Firefly. We have an M36 Jackson, an M8 Greyhound, a Kubelwagen. Oh, they've got a Greyhound. Oh, they've got a Greyhound. They've got a Greyhound. Nick, I'm going to, I'm going to cans. I'm going to cans. <laughs> an M3 Stewart. We've got a Ram Kangaroo. We've got an M3 Half Track. We've got an SU76, an ISU152. A T-3485 and a Willy's Jeep. Um, so, boys, I'm saying right now, we're going up next year. All of us. First, yes. second, third. Yes. And best painted. Yes, yes, yes. Gone. We're doing it. When's and this year's event again? Uh, 20... Bloody hell. 27th and the 28th of August. So very soon. Yeah. No. I mean, Have, Garrett, you sold out? Have you sold out? No, no. He's... Tickets are still available. He's thinking about doing it. How much are tickets, though? 115. Yeah, ha having said that, uh, yeah, I, I do like the fact that you're like, hey, 115. You're going to have to fly there and get accommodation. Like, but seriously, if you go, I'll be fucking, I'll be so impressed. And if you win, oh my God, what, what would you go in? What would you get in? I mean, what, that's, I just, that's just the World War II vehicles that are running. There's stuff from the Cold War as well. That's, sorry, the the 27th, 28th, was it? I can yep. see I can see Bosnia Mario getting very excited. No, <laughs> it was the weekend good. before. I would have gone. You know what? Screw it. I'm going because I've got yeah, the I'll... weekend before it off. Oh, you're, seriously, like you're you're going to do that, but you won't come to CanCon. Well, I don't have my roster out till CanCon yet. But I'm you're writing your roster. You're going to be running your own station by no, then. Come not on, at that stage, I won't I'll be back to. Back to, like, uh, well, then you need to start polishing some knobs, my friend, and <laughs> sorting sorting that shit out. But Garrett, I'm seriously, all night, mate. Like Garrett, seriously, like there's also like, a shooting you... range there. Just saying. Like I can see Garrett right now is like, uh... <laughs> yeah. well, we'll talk details later, Harry. Jeez, I'm just turning about into a video. Hey, Rob, take <laughs> Rob. You bastard. Take Rob. <laughs> What would you What would you ride in though? If you If you If you If you If you podiumed, that's that's too a difficult decision. I'm gonna have to sleep, meditate, and and evaluate. Consult the stars. Meditate. Yeah, hundred percent. Evaluate, masturbate. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever vehicle pops into my mind first. As you As you <laughs> orgasm. Oh, yeah. the Oh shit! That's a. That's oh, there it. you go. It's like yeah. consulting your your lucky eight ball. You know. <laughs> You gotta give it a shake. You lucky yeah. eight balls. <laughs> you lucky just. Oh come on! What? I, I actually... <laughs> have you have you not listened to this podcast, Sneaky? This is what we do. I've been remarkably clean. I'd actually break out my World War Two reenactment gear to jump into one of those vehicles. Oh, oh yeah, there's a big reenactors crowd that comes. Um, yeah. One of my colleagues is going. I can just see. I can just see Rubes trying to get on the. I can just see Rubes trying to get on the plane with a car 98. No, it's 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 it's, it's part of the uniform. I oh, know. Drive up, drive up. It's easier. 
drive up here. Um, yeah, I'd have to get different. If I took my German impression, I'd have to get different Waffenfarbe to, to match the proper branch. But You're such a rivet counter. Paratroop I found my, just I found my, I found my Waffenfarbe in the pockets of my leather trench coat. I was going to get them sewed on there, but I never did because I'm not a massive edgelord anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You've tempered yourself down a bit, haven't you, Sticky? Back when I was doing a lot of reenacting, I had um, basic infantry, Fuff and Faber, but prior to the events and post-events, you do a lot of clean-up and stuff, so I was actually looking to get the black edging so I'd have um, Pioneer Vuff and Faber for, for the setup and clean-up, so I'd be mm. in kit for that stuff too. That's cool. Um, no, I've, I've got the, 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 the lovely pink ones. Ah, pans, yes. Pans of pink. For the tanks, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, so those are the three. That's So, so Hari, that's, that sounds like an incredible experience. Um, Garrett is looking like he's definitely fucking getting keen on that. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's looking for flights. <laughs> Garrett's looking for I flights just, already. I just sent him a video of the Firefly being moved. Well, hang so... on, where are you? Hang on, hang on. Hari, where are you, where are you staying when you go up there? I've got a hotel booked. Um, okay, well, I can tell you this right now, that sharing a bed with Garrett is not an unpleasant experience. Just saying. Appreciate just that. Saying. Just, just trying Thank to help you out. No, no, you're right. It's just a ginger, ginger, isn't it? You didn't, you didn't snore. You didn't try and cuddle me. Um, at no point did I feel anything, you know, yeah, the old jacksy. Untoward. <laughs> um, it was all right. It was good. So there you go. Sorted. Garrett's going to sleep with Hari. We're going to videotape it and release that to the general public. Much to the public's fucking horror, but it'd be look, fun. whatever it takes to raise money for CanCon. There you go. Right. Let it never be said that I don't make sacrifices for the community. 20, 20 <laughs> bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, any other events that we know about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for those that don't get the uh, Warlord um, newsletter, and if you play Bolt Action, why aren't you getting the Warlord newsletter? Just, just putting that out there. Um, just a couple upcoming events that were listed there. The Bolt Action English Nationals held in Nottingham on the thirteenth and fourteenth. Um, I'm saying this. Just... I'm I'm saying this right now. There is not a fucking hope in hell that this episode is coming out by the time fuck it before that. Oh, no, yeah, not gonna probably, probably not. I'm no, probably no. hoping out in the next day or two though. Well, no, the juggers. No, the juggers are the juggers are heading off to that. Good luck to them all. Um, hope you guys have a fucking great event. And judging. By when this episode probably will come out. Hope you guys had a great time at the event. Yes. Um, Congratulations to whoever came first. I hope it's <laughs> one of the boys. Probably um, Dan. Jumping across the pond, nineteenth uh, to twenty-first of August. You've got NashCon over in Nashville, Tennessee, twenty-fifth to twenty-eighth of August. Um, Tacticon in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, moving forward to 3rd of September, Warlord Games Open Day. So if you're lucky enough to be in Nottingham or in the UK, there's that. Uh, When's that? The 3rd of September. 3rd of September. Let's see, going down the list, Moab, uh, listed New South Wales, 1st to 3rd of October. Uh, is on the uh, Warlords list. At the, Moab, Moab used to be the one that I would always make the effort to go to, and then Sulich happened. Um, I'm not saying bad things about Moab; it's a fucking fantastic event. If you're in the area, I highly recommend you go. Um, 
but yeah, I'm a little bit jaded. Oh, not jaded. No, I shouldn't say jaded. I'm not jaded at all. I'm a little bit biased because catching up with Russ and the Berwicks and the terrain is just, it's, and Tassie is beautiful. It, it truly is. And given they're on different days, you could potentially do both events if uh, you're lucky enough to be able to travel. Yeah, well, I think Russ, next year, Russ is actually changing the date permanently for Sudlich because it's too close to Armourfest. Ah, fair enough. Um, Millennium Con at Round Rock, Texas. Um, for all our Texas listeners out there, big yeehaw uh, to you all. I think I've just insulted the entire state of Texas, but you no, know, I can take, take it. Uh, I do love deep Texas. in the heart of Texas. Dallas Fort Worth is my favorite airport in the world to go through. Um, and last but not least, on the Warlord uh, list in the newsletter, Operation Codswallop up in New South Wales on the 19th of November. Uh, for those Australian events that's there, jump on the Australian Bolt Action page. You will see uh, links that will pop up to those events. There's been discussions on some of them already. Uh, make sure you jump on there and check it out. I believe in November, December, we also have Operation Bear coming around. Um, old Man Morin is running his yearly event. Uh, Hari was thinking about coming down for that. I don't know how many points it's going to be. Don't know where it's going to be. Don't know how much it is. It's just we know that that event That's, is coming up. Yeah, yeah, coming down is still potentially on the cards. Yeah, there is and, one we have missed. Uh, Operation Market Garden, September eighteenth. Oh, That's up at yeah. the Lavala Center in Brisbane. Yep. Uh, that's been run by Andrew Krarup from the Warriors Den, the vendor who will travel from Cairns to Devonport. The man is absolutely dedicated to the community. Um, you can find the details for that on the Bolt Action Australia page. Uh, the points value is a little bit uh, different. Looks like the Allies are going in with a little bit less, the Germans are getting a little bit more, um, but do jump on that event page and have a look if you're interested. It's a themed event, so it will be armies from that period. Uh, so far, there's 19 players that are going or interested, so it's going to be a good one. Um, that would be good. Yeah, I won't be able to make it, but absolutely check that one out and go along and have a look, and if you can, support the event. And right, you are. One last one. Um, if you happen to be... Um near in or around Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, check out the Bolt Action Tennessee Escalation League, which is uh, tentatively set to kick off in the next month or so, um, run by Fighting Kentuckian. Um, fantastic oh, yeah. bloke, runs some great events over in the US. And um, yeah, um, if you're in the area, check that out. Um, again, jump on the uh, Fighting Kentuckian uh, Facebook page. And... Um, and yeah, check that out if you're lucky enough to be in that area. Excellent. All right, boys. I'm cooked. It's fucking 20 past 11. That's probably run a bit later than we thought it was going to. Um, any final closing remarks? Stay safe, game well, and don't do anything too excessively stupid. Sneaky, have we, have we lost... Oh, I think we've lost Sneaky. I can see him. I can't hear him. No, I'm, I'm here. I've just got cool. shit I need to deal with. Sorry. All good, no worries. All right, so, um, Garrett, are you, are you, Garrett, are you coming back, or is this a one-off? If it's a one-off, I'm going to be really upset. Go Let's on, see. come on, you know you we'll, want we'll to. We'll see, we'll see, eh? He's back. I'm fucking He's back. right now. He's back. He's fucking back 100%, and I love it. Look at that smile. Yeah, he's a cheeky little ginger. It's guy. easy. All i got to do is keep him supplied with footage of the Firefly, and he'll be back. Yep. 
And if you um, if you go, I want to see you. I want to see fucking bacon burgers drive through, make a comeback. I want to see you fucking on the ground, chatting it up. And I want to see you in one of those vehicles. That'd just make my entire fucking year. Me too. All right, folks. Well, look. Thanks for joining us again. Um, hope you enjoyed the uh, chat and bullshit. Hey, we didn't rabbit hole this one. Not once. <laughs> yeah, we fucking did. Yeah, yeah just not as bad. Yeah. It wasn't as bad. All right, guys. Look, I'm going to sign off. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have fun, and uh, remember, create that fantastic story that will live on for generations to come.